And ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Wow! Welcome. welcome, wow. Good it, intro, Yes, it, it's, the, it's the 11th of November, as it turns out. I think that's correct, yeah. Yeah, I think I got that right. So, I mean, it's a good start, really, all things considered. Uh-oh. Yep. I think that sets I'm the tone up. for the rest of the show. We got our first fact <laughs> right. Yeah, so far we're batting oh, a thousand. Yeah, 100% accurate so far in the show. I mean, that blows my mind. I don't think we've I'll ever managed that I'll change that. Thank you very much. Don't worry, guys. We'll, we'll fix, fix that. Yes, I, I'm sure mm -hmm. that you will. Wow. Apparently the mic scratching is still happening on a separate computer entirely. So we know for a fact the problem's with fucking XSplit. It'll clear up after a minute, guys. Quit with the whining. I can't fix it. You are well aware of this. Welcome to the Commotional Podcast, where we do occasionally talk about video games. Our special guest today is a bit of a refugee. You may know him from the ill-fated Rev3 Games channel. We'll not dig too far into his sordid past, for we're merely interested in his illustrious and bright future. He goes by right. the name of Babylonian on YouTube. Welcome to the show. Hello, hi. Good to be here. Perhaps better known yeah. as Nick Robinson. <laughs> Maybe. I really like the term refugee, though, to describe yes. being on a different YouTube channel. It, it, makes, it gives it a real air of uh, seriousness and, and drama <laughs> that I, that's missing from my life most of the time. So. Uh -huh. you, you were on a ship that sank. You were rescued. You were afloat mm -hmm. upon the flotsam and the jetsam, of course, on, a, mm -hmm. on what was left of a couch from Adam Sessler's yacht. And you've now been rescued. You are elevated yeah, exactly. from the sea, you know, to your new place of mm -hmm. freedom and See, editorial. I think, it, I oversight. think it's better if he wasn't rescued. He literally mm -hmm. rescued himself. You oh, know, swam, he was floating sure. out by the sea. He saw the island that is now his new YouTube channel, and he just swam mm -hmm. there. And there were times when he thought he might just sink and die, but he pushed through. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that God, we're not allowed wow. to do damsels anymore in video games. So, Nick, you are no longer a damsel. You You're did not this a damsel. Yourself. You did you, this yourself. You, you don't need no strong man. I'm a self-starter. I mean, what can I say? So yeah. good. Yes, uh, Jesse. Yes. <laughs> God, it's hard for me to say this three minutes in, but that's the <laughs> stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you guys... You guys have lost your minds. What? Welcome, I, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. I don't know, I think, I don't know I, what the hell they're talking about. I loved Damsels it. It was a, it was a brilliant metaphor. Ocean made of your own design. What is going on? I like. I no, it's perfect. I kind of wish that I had like a like a therapist couch here because everything that I've felt over the past week is just you guys encapsulated it in this Titanic metaphor that I it really worked for me. So yeah, yeah good work. In great, Titanic, great everyone dies. You're the rose you let everybody else drown. What are you talking about? You're like, no one got off the Titanic and swam to a tropical paradise called YouTube. That <laughs> didn't happen. Everyone drowned. The hero drowned and then his woman went off to go live life and then she regretted every moment to the point where she jumped back in the damn ocean to drown with him. And then she went we off to heaven to go be with him, screw her family and her possible other husband and everyone else who was in her life, because that one moment where everybody died was more important to her. Wow. That's Is that's, that where is that my trajectory? Is just mourning? <laughs> Basically you're headed. You're in the upswing wow. right now. But though. right now, yeah, I'm like Whoa. the middle part is good. You might I'm still well quite a really valuable gemstone. And instead of selling it and spending it on all the anime you could ever possibly desire, you're going to chuck it in the ocean because you're a senile old biddy. Mm -hmm. That's what's I mean, going to happen. Yeah, one, you're one a senile old biddy. You're a senile old biddy. What, yeah. what a selfish thing to do. Look at this really valuable thing. 
This could feed thousands of families. This could build schools and hospitals. This could elevate countries from the brink of disaster. Chuck it in the sea! Get Chuck it! it. I feel like what you guys are saying is that I should see the movie Titanic because I haven't seen no, the movie Titanic. No, you should not. No, no? Don't, don't It's bother. three and a half hours of overly emotional wankery. No, no that's going to be this podcast no. too, right? This, yeah, it's, it's so true. Far, that's yes. exactly, yes. Overly emotional wankery. So help me, it will not, my friend. <laughs> three and a half hours. Derail us so quickly. Yeah, when it comes to wankery, Jesse Cox is an expert. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. It's good to, it's good I... to be here. <laughs> You're getting your role taken away, Jesse. It's wonderful. We have a guest who is willing to be assertive around you, which yeah. is fantastic. It's so rare. It. That works. I'm look. I'm I'm suffering from post-con sickness. I do not mind shutting up. So we are good to go. So that, yeah, you, you two were at BlizzCon, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I was adjacent yeah. to BlizzCon. I was at an anime convention in Los Angeles, which was apparently not far from BlizzCon. Okay. Wait, which one? It was this super tiny one called uh, P, uh, PMX, Pacific Media Expo. Um, uh, but I was like running into friends there who were like, oh yeah, I was actually at BlizzCon yesterday and I got to play Overwatch and I was interrogating them about Overwatch. Ah. Dude, I, uh, yeah, because I know that Anime LA is coming up soon. And so I was yes. like, wait, was that the same weekend? Did I miss it? And my heart no, sank. not this year. So I'm glad you, you've put me at oh, ease. So... How, TB and Jesse, are you, how do you guys feel about uh, Japanese animation cartoons? Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. This is the kind of conversation you're going to have with Dodger after the show, not well, during I'm the really, show. <laughs> I'm really excited to report that uh, me and Dodger are launching our own spin-off show called Talking About Free Iwatobi Swim Club and Nothing Else for three hours. <laughs> God week. damn it. It's going to be real good, so tune in. <laughs> It's going to be really great. We're going to talk about the preciousest anime in the world. Free Strongly disagree. <laughs> Eternal Summer. It's yeah. going to be really good. I mean, TB, and you have to agree, like, Rin in season two is so much better than he was in season one, right? Like, it's he just, true. He's so much more of a character now, right? Jesse, Jesse knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Regretting everything you said earlier, aren't you, TB? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's totally replacing me. Yep. <laughs> he will not, in fact, be borne up by powers on high. He's sinking. Mm. He is sinking oh, on no. the remains of Adam Sessler's couch. He's already to the point Much where he's like going to jump Titanic. back in the water. <laughs> I do have stories, though, of... Uh, I remember um, being at Revision 3 once, and I was watching Kill the Kill while that was airing. And uh, <laughs> You were watching Kill the Kill at work. That is quite the liberal workplace you live in. Yeah, and, uh, and so this was like at the end of the day, though, like 6 p.m. I don't know why we were still there, but Sessler walked up behind my desk. And he was like, "What are you? What are you watching?" I'm like, "It's it's Kill a Kill. It's this anime about this girl, and it's this like totalitarian high school that has like a very military vibe." And he's like, "Ugh, that's fucked up." And then he just walked away. And so well, I, I, mean, I did he's, not. He's not wrong. Is that no, he's not it wrong. Is, it is a Kill bit. a Kill is fucked up. That is what you would call a person who doesn't watch anime trying to give you the benefit of the doubt <laughs> and get the hell out of there. Like, yeah. oh man, that sounds the worst. All right, bye. Yeah, like that all the definitely time. isn't animated softcore like. pornography or anything along those lines. Absolutely not. No, no, no. But I think you're in a place with a hardcore anime person by the name of Dodger. I say the word person loosely. And me, who casually watches very occasional series like Psychopaths mm -hmm. and watches the old stuff like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun and likes that stuff, right. but does not watch anime about swimming teams and such things Boo! you gotta try it Should. it's, it's nah. i have forced my 
my roommate didn't even know what anime was when I moved in here two years ago, and now he's obsessed with free, and it's the only anime he watches. So I'm just saying, it's a good That's, gateway, good gateway drug. I was I was gonna say the fact that you've gotten other people to watch free is really impressive. The yeah. number of people that I've been like, you should totally watch free, and then they watch one episode and they're like, I'm out. I'm never watching anime. <laughs> yeah, <again." laughs> I mean, fuck anime. Everything it stands for. And I'm not going to say it's completely because he's he's gay and the gayest person I've ever met. But right. I think that it helps that that show is just beautiful boys just all the like time. Just like muscles all over the place. Yeah, it, it's. Oh, I mean, I, I I think even even if you can't even if you can't like get get past that, I think like as a straight dude who watches free, I think it's kind of cool that an anime exists that is like objectifying dudes for once for the first yeah. time isn't in the history of this genre. Actually, yeah, sh- isn't there like entire genres of anime that do that though? Sort of, but that's more about like romantic relationships and like sh- like boys being sweet and romantic. And this is like, nah, dude. This is just looking at their physical like bodies yeah, and being like, check out these hot no dudes. This has no romance within the storyline at uh, all. It's right. literally just them like connecting with each other as a team and swimming mm-hmm. a lot, and that's Which, it. What's, what's but extra they, like, cool? The one female character in the show is not a love interest. She's just like platonic homies with everyone, which is even like more brilliant. I don't know. I love free, but that's like we said. That's for our new podcast. So yeah, that's well, for our, I was our next say podcast. I, I certainly see there's a there's a distinct lack of a few things that I really like in anime. One, swords. Two, guns. Three, big robots. None of these appear to be present. So I don't want to spoil season two for you, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. There's none of that. TV, are you just like ignoring that Gundam animes exist at all? Yes. <laughs> There's Absolutely. like an entire franchise of multiple anime series that are entirely about robots and guns. <laughs> but Free has none of that. He is right about that. He doesn't that, have any least. of that. This was the point I was making. Not that there are literally no mecha anime from the See, place that invented mecha. That's how I heard that, it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's idiotic. So, Dodger, clean out your ears and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Hello. Wonderful. I am a little bit congested, but not quite but as a bit sick confused as by the sounds of it. No, this is just my normal state. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Welcome to the Corruption of the Podcast. We don't occasionally talk about video games. We usually start our show by talking about the games that we've been playing this week. This can generally last anywhere between one to two hours. After that, we talk just a little bit about the news, of which there is some. We'll then round off the show, if we have the time, with releases, and then tell you where to go and watch our stuff. Simple as that. just thought of a great joke I could have made. It's not too late. I mean, now it that you've said late. that, yeah, it's, it's too way too late. late. Wait too late. It's way too late. It's beyond. Let's just move on. Ugh. Just type it in the chat. I'll, I'll read it. Okay, and then I'll type it. I'll type it in chat. Oh, God, Hi, everyone that skipped ahead 15 minutes in that conversation because it was boring as balls. <laughs> Welcome back to the actual <laughs> podcast. Yeah, just put a, put a timestamp in the description that's like, click here if you don't give a sh- like shit about anime. Click right here, here to avoid swimming anime. <laughs> and Titanic so nice references. Welcome. We're going to talk about games now. We might. Wait. We might. Let's... I'm trying to think whether or not we should keep the BlizzCon discussion for the news section or for now. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think... That's a very good question. Because there's a lot of news that is more current than BlizzCon. Sure. So I feel like news Vince should be... I mean, there's not that news much. you can use. Mm. Well, uh, is that just because you want to talk about Assassin's Creed being jank? I don't just know. We could. <laughs> should we, could we start with that? We probably should. Uh, yeah, I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to hear. I have my copy upstairs. I have yet to put it in the old PS4 because I was like, I don't want to play it on PC. 
and now I'm regretting any decision to play it at all. So this should be interesting. Enjoy it on PlayStation 4. It caps it about 20 frames per second, so that truly cinematic <laughs> feel is going to be just nice. lovely for you. I'm sure you you'll know, absolutely hey. love it. I played it at an event um, a couple months ago, and it was one of those situations where they just let us sit down with the game for a couple hours and just play as much as we wanted. And, and I said this in my preview at the time, like, even then, the frame rate was consistently sluggish, like, yes. like chugging all the way through. But I, I also try to never hold that against a game in preview because my understanding from talking to developers is that that's actually one of the last steps of development on a game is frame rate optimization frame rate and making sure it doesn't yes, run yes. like garbage, right? Uh -huh. um, but I guess that wasn't, that it wasn't enough this time around. Like, it sounds like the game people are describing playing is as sluggish as the game I played uh, at the preview event a few months back. All right, well... Let me tell you about my new PC. It's pretty good. So, mostly out of jealousy for the fact that Jesse sold out and got a bunch of new shit, I went Go and bought on. a bunch of new shit to make sure that it was slightly better than what Jesse had. And I think I've succeeded in doing just that. So, I, we built the machine. And by we, I mean my wife built the machine because I'm utterly incompetent. And got it all sorted out. Works fine. It's got a... Uh, 5930k in it it's got mean overclock running on that thing it's got two gtx 980s in it it's got 16 gigs of really 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 fast ram and all that kind of stuff loads of ssds and i thought right this is probably going to be enough to play unity properly nope nope <laughs> turns out nothing runs unity properly i spoke to my <laughs> friend who has an overclocked 5960x the octocore one who's overclocked that and he runs three 980s can he get it running at 60 Fuck no, he can't, because there's all sorts of problems with that game. Oh my god. So This thing is horribly optimized. Remember when they released the minimum specs and everyone thought, they're having a laugh, aren't they? That can't possibly be real. Whoa, we lost Dodger. She can't possibly be real either, but never mind. I'm sure she'll come back eventually. They were real. They were freaking real. Those minimum specs are what you need. When they said the minimum spec, I think it was like a 660 or whatever, that gets you 720p 30fps. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Two 980s, if I, I could play on very high, and for the most part, I can maintain 60. That's with SMAA turned off, because that anti-aliasing and TXAA completely and totally busts the frame rate. So I've got to turn that Jeez. off. Turn this thing on to ultra high, my ah, God, I had the go. I had the starting section, which is a tiny little area running at about 34 frames per second. Massive frame drops in rendered cutscenes. And I went into this chapel area, this kind of cathedral, it's part of the plot. Drops out of 17 frames per second, just for no reason Ew. whatsoever. Don't... Wait, this is, this is, everything is on ultra? Or is this like, what this, are the settings? This is me, that, the, those frame drops, the, the starting frame drop, I was running on ultra high. Then I tweaked it, I brought it down to high, and then I put it up to very high, and tweaked the AA so that I wasn't using SMAA, and so I was actually either using FXAA or nothing. Usually when presented with that choice, I picked nothing, because FXAA is terrible. And this thing, oh sorry, it was a 680 that was the minimum, not a 660. Yes, a 680, as in a card that several years ago cost about $500, was the <laughs> minimum requirement for this fucking thing. And it is absolute bollocks. And people, someone in the chat saying, yeah, I've got a 780 Ti and I'm running it between 40 and 60. What use is that? If it's not 60 frames per second, it's it's absolutely pointless. You've got to turn off things like SAAA, uh, SCAA shadows, turn TXAA off, that kind of stuff. Oh, no, so no, that, guy, that guy in chat saying that everything else besides this game runs at 40 to 60. And so this game doesn't, which is oh, okay. that's insane. Right. That's crazy. That's insane. It's all over the place. Well, 
There is, though, a silver lining to all of this, which is that you... It's not a very fun video game, so it doesn't make it, it, As it turns out, I play... Okay, so I played two hours so far, and I have found only one thing that I like about it up to this point, mm. and that's the fact that the game has investigation side missions, which mm. you can use to get extra weapons and money. And they're pretty cool. You go into an area, you interview people, you look around with Eagle Vision to find clues, you read a bunch of stuff, and then you accuse somebody. And if you accuse the wrong person, you get less rewards. So it, that's pretty cool. I like that. I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm looking forward to doing more of it. The rest of it is the same Assassin's Creed bollocks, and it's got no bloody boats. No pirates, no boats. See, All it's got are French people. You think that's a I... good replacement for boats and pirates? No! Good two-word review. No boats. That's no all you boats. need to know. <laughs> Too many French people. F minus. Yeah. Okay, here's what I don't Two understand about the problems with Assassin's Creed Unity. How can they fuck up when they've made this game so many times already? Oh, I don't know. Uh, can, I, can I? Look, I'm not saying my insane conspiracy theories are once again proven right, but I did say two weeks ago, Jade bugged out because... Because this Unity was wasn't very good. This game's going to be awful. Maybe, and, well, yeah. Another look, thing worth look. noting, though, is that, uh, like, Assassin's Creed 4, and tell me if I'm totally screwing this up and misremembering, but I thought AC4 was not by the same team who worked on AC3 and AC Unity, that's right? Why it was, that's why it was a conspiracy theory. But still, yeah. still, that the problem was like, is I'm out. that that I'm studio is gigantic. Yeah, like, it's like we don't know who's 15. working on what. Right. They're Did all made by the same credit. development house, but that's got, like, 2,000 people working for it. So we don't know who made the bloody thing. Right. But, I mean, Black Flag was a great return to form, mostly. I didn't like the Assassin's Creed parts, but I like the I'm a pirate bits. Mm. <laughs> but they took the I'm the pirate bits out, and now, guess what? Uh, every single Assassin character that I found in that game, I think outside of the AC3 protagonist, is exactly the same. S you know, this might be strange to say when we've had such a discussion about diversity of female protagonists. Same bloody guy! This time, yep. Arno... Attractive guy, long hair, gruff, chiseled features, slim, agile womanizer, just like all the fucking others outside of Altea and uh, was it Connor or whatever it is yeah, in AC3? It's, I played it a little bit. No, you're you're totally right. Like it's he he's so safe and it's oh, so God. like done yeah. to death. It's just the laziest protagonist. And I remember it was especially weird for me because he's I went and played Unity with a worse accent. Yeah. Again, he's the eighth Ezio, basically. And I remember playing uh, Unity at that preview event and then coming home and having to wait a couple days before I could shoot my preview video because I didn't know what kind of B-roll we were going to get. Uh, and in that time, I received my copy of Shadow of Mordor. And so it completely actually altered my, my time with Unity because I think even just the basic locomotion of Shadow of Mordor feels better than Unity. I think moving around the world feels clearer and simpler and better. And I don't think the descending mechanic in Unity... Um, is is that helpful or useful? And when I played it, the camera was really <laughs> finicky. I, I want to know, you've played more than me at this point, I'm yeah. assuming. Okay, so. so the camera's a pain in the ass and frequently runs you into walls. You have to babysit the camera all the damn time. And it's a bad thing that it runs you into walls because guess who likes looking at wall textures? Me! They're terrible! They look <laughs> awful. Anyone that thinks that game looks truly next-gen is out of their fucking minds. Not only does it have terrible texture work, and I could kind of forgive that in an open world game because it's a big world. I wouldn't say it's seamless because not. There's loading screens on pretty much every mission. But for the most part, you want to run around Paris. You can run around Paris. It's not going to have loading screens. What it does have is popping up the wazoo. I'm talking about assets in the game and actors in the game appearing out of nowhere. You thought the <laughs> pop-in in Watch Dogs was bad? This is worse. This is far worse. Literally... These guys are appearing out of nowhere, and then, in the most conspicuous way possible, as you get closer, they 
change the detail on the models. And that's a standard technique. Like for any uh, faraway model is usually rendered with less detail. Yeah, that's standard right. technique. They sure. do a terrible job of hiding it. It is ridiculously con conspicuous because sometimes they change outfits and hairstyles and hats out of nowhere. I was running up on this guy who apparently had this uh, this gray wig. It looked like a judge of some description. I get up to him, he's wearing a fucking flat cap and I'm pretty sure he just gender shifted. It was ludicrous. I found character models with holes in them. Like, I walked up to this guy, there's a hole where his breast is supposed to be. Like, what the hell happened to you? My God, the French Revolution was a tough fucking time. This yeah. guy had, had his pectoral burned out. I can see right through it. It's terrifying. Someone set phases to kill. It is awful. You see models clipping through other models. You see models teleporting through terrain. The, the crowds are mingling around. They have no idea what they're doing. They have way too many character actors on the screen. And as a result... It ends up being a mess. They clearly can't handle that many people on the screen. They shouldn't mm -hmm. have put that many people on the screen. And it doesn't add to anything. Anything. It just, they get in your way. Oh, a crowd of people. Great. Uh, let's go to the roof so we don't have to deal with those fuckers. It's yeah. funny because, like, the, the enormous crowd sizes, it's one of those things that when they, they demoed it to us, they were throwing out the craziest numbers. They're like, Assassin's Creed 1 had a crowd of... 200 this time we've got crowds of a thousand and then there's one scene where there's 35,000 or something yeah. like that and it's just like I almost feel like the quantity over quality approach to the crowds can almost be extrapolated to represent the entire game where it's like they made this big city that is by all accounts kind of a beautiful city but the game part got lost somewhere in the development time with 2,000 people working on it you know I will never argue with the art designers behind Assassin's Creed they built some beautiful looking worlds mm. and the tech guys completely let them down not only with bad texture quality but all of that popping ruins the experience there's lighting problems almost every cutscene there's stuff flickering all over the place at certain distances windows disappear and they're replaced by just blackness a sheer void in which your soul will never escape this game is a mess a complete mess right now and if it was redeemed by its gameplay i would maybe be okay with it but again i've only played the first two hours or so it could become a hell of a lot better but the everything about it is the same old assassin's creed the same old perfect parries the same old slow invincible gameplay the same old he's taking 10 seconds to aim at me with a flintlock pistol better press space to dodge out of the way of that the same old broken stealth system i had a guy detect me in a stealth mission he walks right up to me as i'm standing up and then he loses track of me i'm right here oh my god look at me i am a beautiful beautiful protagonist stare at my luscious locks and he wanders off no interest I go, also, I go home and I eat a pint of mint chip because my love life is in tatters, thanks to the stealth <laughs> system. What's, a, what's especially um, tricky is that I, I'm sure – so if you've played some of the tutorial stuff, you have that assistant character who I'm what, – what does he call you all the time? He's always piss calling pot. you like piss pot. Yeah. That's the so only the, good bit of the game, the guy that calls literally, you piss pot. They're literally adding insult to injury, though, I feel like, because there are all these people who were really looking forward to ACU, and then they get it, and the game runs horribly, breaks, and then calls you pisspot for the first two hours without stopping. And it's just like, oh, really? On top of everything else? Like, heartbreaking. <laughs> Lovely. It is, yeah. There is no way in a million years I would currently recommend this game. They're supposed to be releasing another day one patch. They already patched it once, didn't fix shit. It, they at least allow for SLI, which maybe lets you run it well. I'm glad to see that my $1,200 worth of graphics hardware can run this thing barely. That's lovely. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. And it doesn't look like universe. Shadow of Mordor looks is a way better looking game. Better better quality assets. I wouldn't say better quality animation, because I'll give Assassin's Creed this. They have nailed that mocap down. Which I suppose is why they can't afford more cap for a female character, because they spent it all on the male guy. But whatever. Look, females are hard, man. Yeah, true. I know. Fe- female character is really difficult. That's why man, they were in all-, all the other Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Dude, all through that game's press cycle, I kept thinking that they were going to pull the carpet out from all the, all the critics and just be like, "Ha, ah, just kidding." There's these amazing female cast. They never did that. Like, I, they they actually just leaned the fuck into their like really really avoidable problem and just I never. Kinda- I felt the same way because I kept waiting, even even if all of us were going to go, oh, God, don't bullshit us right now. Like, even if that was going to be the reaction, I definitely expected them to be like, just kidding. Here's a female, right. at least one, right? At least one. Like, why wouldn't you? You know, it, <laughs> it seems almost they never easy. Did. They were like, no, you guys, boobs are super fucking difficult. You don't understand. And I'm like, and you know what they don't else? even need them. You, They've got so much clothing on. There's so it much matter. Right there. You don't even need to have like super defined boobs. It's not a big deal. Like, oh yeah. my God, killing me inside. Well, I mean, and, and, and you know, ever since the original controversy, and some people point to this as progressive media shoving the diversity thing. No, actually, this is one thing that I agree with progressive media on. And people said, oh, well, no, it's just the system. You're all playing as the same character. That's dumb. <laughs> How about you don't use that system and use a different one that actually makes sense? And then you don't have this problem. And not only that, don't give me this, oh, well, we need another mocap artist. One, boo-hoo, you're Ubisoft, you have more money than all the gods in the universe. The Titans, the Avengers, and Ultron's fucking puppet army. You got more money than all those people. You could afford a mocap artist. And even then, you didn't have one for the multiplayer of any of the other games. You had plenty of female avatars there, and nobody cared! Because it's a walking animation, I don't need to see the booty sway, thank you very much. It doesn't oh. matter. He might, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I would like... No, I, I'm, I was really curious what was going on with multiplayer, I, or, or co-op. Because I know every reviewer that, that I saw got a thing that was like, yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't play that right now. Play single I have no, player, I, please. I, yeah, I don't know what, what's up with the co-op. I, I've only seen passing mentions of it. No one really seemed to have gone in depth Isn't that on the it. whole point of Unity? Like, there's four people. That's supposed be... to be the main thing. That's supposed to be the main focus No one's talking about it. it no was, one gives I was, any shit. I was really surprised because when I talked to them about it, um, they demoed the co-op stuff for us. And there's kind of two main co-op modes. One of these little semi-randomized missions you do, like yeah. where you'll storm a mansion, rob some gold, and then leave. And then there are other ones that are... Um, story missions that you can play single player or multiplayer that are sort of separate um, from the the main campaign. But the I mean the answer at the end of the day is that the main story is not co op. They were like we tried, we couldn't figure point? out how to do it. Why call it Assassin's Creed Unity? Yeah, for real. The whole point is like we're gonna have four people. Why show off four people and then never let people play four? It's because it sounds it- like they couldn't finish this fucking thing. It really does. It sounds like this was rushed out and it ends up being a disaster. And it's such a step backwards from Black Flag, it's not even funny. They need to realize that people are not as attached to Assassin's Creed as they think. Like, I played Black Flag and loved it as a pirate game, and I couldn't care less about its connection to the Assassin's Creed series. It didn't matter in any way because the pirate stuff was fun. (coughs) Everything else was like, this is boring stuff that I need to get out of the way so I can do more pirate stuff. Thank you very much. And so far, and again, I'm only two hours in, take all of this with a big pinch of salt. This game is boring the hell out of me. And I am not looking forward to playing any more of it, frankly. And 
there's other, you know, there's just the whole way they've done their business model. Microtransactions in a single player game. Fuck Dude, everything about that. $99 is what you'd have to spend to get all the different things in the game. Just a joke. Just a joke. <laughs> hundred bucks. And don't don't expect buy. me to trust you. Do not expect me to trust the developers and the publishers to have not uh, made that, made the progression in the game more murky to account for that. I don't trust you to do that. I said the same thing with Dead Space 3. If you're going to put that stuff in the game, I do not trust your progression curve to be fair because you want people to spend money. And secondly, damn post-launch embargo dates. What a farce. If you have no confidence in your game, if you are going to literally stop people from talking about it for 12 hours after it came out. Mm -hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that what... Is that what people were talking about today? Is that they couldn't yes. yeah. do reviews yeah. till five or whatever tonight? Yeah, twelve hours right. after they, its launch. That is it came insane. out at like two a.m. So yeah, it that did. Is, the, you can always tell when a movie is gonna suck because no one's allowed to review it until yeah. Friday yeah, no or whatever yep. it comes out. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell the same thing about games. It, it was very similar. The fact that they're like, even after it comes out, please don't talk about it. Look, look. Such Jade Raymond had a good sign. choice. She jumped. She jumped. I'm still, Jump my theory she, still is sound. She yeah. jumped ship because she was like, that is a shit show. I'm out. I'm out of here. That. I yeah, firmly man. believe that now. Firmly believe that because that, this is insane. I'm so glad I haven't even wasted a single minute playing this game yet. Well, I, if you play it on PlayStation 4, I hope you enjoy that 20 frames per second cinematic vision that they have. Because apparently on consoles, it doesn't run very well that's, either. That's gross. So lovely, just lovely. It's it's a farce, and it's getting middling reviews. It's getting what I like to call the "we really want to pan this game, but we also want Ubisoft's next game, so we're gonna give it a seven attitude." Like a better luck, better luck next time. The, yeah, exactly. Ubisoft. Well, giving, you tried. Giving a, you tried. Seven is a you tried. Fuck giving not. A, a, you made the super... same game so many times. I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> no. This should have been like the sparkling poop in the sewer because you've made this game. A lot of great so similes and metaphors times. today, huh? I'm loving that. Yeah. So many times. Great, great like, is a stretch of a word, but I'll go with it. Like how? What the fuck? I just don't. I don't understand how you get it so wrong when you've done this exact same thing over and over and over again. Like, oh god, it's new new generation of consoles. It's real hard. Everybody else is doing fine. Yeah. I, like, I what's wrong with situations, you? And this this expression has been maybe tarnished by Adult Swim, but it is literally a too many cooks spoil the broth situation to where, cooks, like, when there many. are that many people, it's, how do you not, like, I, I can't even imagine what that's like from the inside, working with, like, 15 other teams oh, in god, 15 yeah. other countries. Like, that sounds like a literal nightmare. Like, that sounds like anxiety incarnate to me. Assassin's Creed has disappeared up its own ass, and it's a shame because Black Flag looked like they'd really got a handle on the idea that actually they were doing the same thing too much. It was time to make sure that they needed to make a change. And it was well-received as a result, and it deserved the acclaim that it got, and Unity is not that at all. Apparently, Rogue is more like that, but we don't know because they sent out no review copies for that, so God knows what that's like. Jeez, I don't I even want my, to think about uh, my, it. My final remaining colleague uh, at Rev3 Games before it spun down was uh, Tara Long. And when I went to the uh, event to play Unity, she went to go play Rogue. And her general impressions were pretty lukewarm. She was like, yeah, it's Assassin's Creed 4, which I liked, but it's Assassin's Creed 4. Again. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what it looks like from the outside, too. Yep. Yeah. 
Yes, so it's not very good so far, at any rate. I, I will bring out a full review at some point. I don't want to, because I'd rather be playing Inquisition, which I have and was embargoed a week before the release and has been getting good reviews, and I have barely had a chance to play, because right now the pre-release version has an SLI bug, which makes your face disappear, so I'm literally a floating mustache, which is no. hilarious, but it is ruining the artistic vision. Of your immersion is ruined somehow? Yeah. I don't My I actually played the first hour of Inquisition today, um, which means that I went in the character care like editor for an hour and just adjusted yeah. like scar yeah. depth and eyebrow intensity and just did that whole thing. So I didn't really play it, but it was running like and I, I to be fair, I haven't done any optimization, I haven't tweaked any settings yet. But I was playing the on PC and it was just like chugging like crazy. The load times were preposterous and it's like I, I don't know if I'm the problem or what I was using to capture is the problem or what but uh, I definitely want to get in there and then do that gradual thing of set everything to low and build it up until it looks good and plays good because the faces are gorgeous when they're there right they look really good. Are you good. using NVIDIA or ATI? Um, I am using a 770. Okay um, so there's no driver for it yet which probably has quite a bit okay. to do with it so I, I'm, I know they're, they're planning I think it's either the day before the launch day there's supposed to be a driver so that might have something to do with it. I haven't played enough of it to know yet, but I would imagine a 980 is probably going to overpower anything it does anyway. But we'll see. It it certainly looks a hell of a lot more promising than uh, than starting Assassin's Creed does at this point. I've got to say, and I'm can't a, be yeah, any worse than I'm, Dragon Age 2. I'm excited for the fact that the reviews are actually pretty impressed. Like that was, I've been really hard on that game. So the fact that everyone's like, you know what, it turned out pretty great, and most of the reviews are like. It's not as good as Dragon Age 1. I'm okay with that. Mm. If it's good, like at least I can believe that review because that's a fantastic game and I want to, you know, yeah, I want to believe this will be good. Like one of the only RPGs I've ever beaten was Origins, clocking in at 102 hours, you know. It's I put <sighs> no. a lot of time into that one. But I mean I am maybe not so keen on the open world aspects of this. I firmly believe that if you take an RPG, throw open world in it, that means quantity over quality in a big way. And it means repetitive quests, it means lots of running around, it means pointless farming and nonsense like that. Whereas Origins was much more directed experience. Everywhere you went in Origins had a story and a setup, it was a level, you know, and it varied in size. Mm -hmm. And that was good. Some people thought that some of the levels were too long. Like the fade, yeah, probably outstayed its welcome in a big way. You mod that thing out after you've gone through it the first time, I tell you that. And the uh, the dwarven catacombs, that stuff, yeah, that dragged on a bit too. Ten hours in a fucking tunnel is maybe a bit excessive. But yeah. the open world, I'm, a, I'm maybe a bit concerned about how that's going to work out. We'll see. I Again, I haven't played it yet. I just, I loaded it up. I found that my face had disappeared and like, I need to fix this and then go back to Unity. But I, I think that it will be a much more interesting experience than Assassin's Creed is right now. I'll tell you that for a fact. Yeah. yeah I'm excited for Inquisition. <laughs> that was the least excited I'm I excited for any. Thrilled. I am so, I'm so excited, excited for Inquisition. Mm. I can't excited wait. That's all I had out. to say. I didn't have anything else to back it up with. I'm just excited <laughs> to play the game, okay? I didn't like the other Dragon Age games. I thought that the motions of it were, like, really tedious. And I really hated controlling yeah, my character, I'm, and so I'm really excited for this game, okay? If you had just said it like that, we would have believed <laughs> you. I'm kind of with you, though, actually. Like, I never got invested in Origins. I tried to play it in earnest earlier this year to, to prep for Inquisition, and I just was like, I'm not a 
I'm not a, I don't have the PC gaming heritage, I think, that enables me to tolerate that game from an interface perspective and from a, from a jankiness perspective. I'm a big Mass Effect fan. It's so janky, and I, I think. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> seems, and I'm saying this based off of the first three menus I saw, but um, this seems, and, and also what I've read, right? But this is, by, by many accounts, a much more polished, like, approachable game but not at the expense of, and I know that scares the shit out of you, Jesse. But no, 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 no. I, I almost, from what I played, I played four hours uh, at an event like a month ago. Yeah. And to me, I loved everything but the menus and the systems. I thought that those were like, there's so many of them. I was just oh, like blown away. So I can't wait to see like the real game because, yeah, if it's like you say, just, then I, something changed big time. Yeah, I mean, I just I saw uh, the thing that I kept seeing in reviews was the most approachable RPG of its kind yet, and that is pretty exciting to me because I think that that's what Mass Effect Two did right that Mass Effect One didn't do right to me personally. Um, and I don't know, I'm thrilled to get into it. I, I'm going to set aside my huge prejudice against all things fantasy uh, because I like Bioware. I wanted <clears throat> Holly. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, no, no. I just like, I like, because I like Bioware. It's a good, you know, I think you're, you're like, oh, God, it's so beautiful. You're like me. But when, but instead it was Square Enix. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to put oh, my no, prejudice don't aside. Make that comparison. And I'm just going to give him a chance. I'm just going to give Squeenix a chance. You're like me, but with Bioware. God, one day when you become cynical and mean and old, I just want to, I want to let you know I'm there for you. I'm there. Everybody for has you. that, right? Everybody has, I think for a lot of people, uh, Sonic is a great example of like just gonna give him one more chance. I sw it should be good this time, yeah, right? One they more chance, one more chance. <clears throat> I gave up. I gave up on Sonic. Yeah, I'm kind of there too. Yeah, Apparently but with Sonic Bioware, Boom it's is great. horribly buggy and terrible. So probably not a brilliant time. Yeah, to get but back Knuckles is train. ripped. Knuckles is huge in that he game. Is swole. <laughs> yeah, he looks amazing. like he looks like Sosuke kind of. Yeah, like as somebody who oh, read no. the comics for uh, so many years of my sorry. life, as uh, somebody who read the comics for so many years, like seeing Knuckles just look like a ripped, shredded dude is so yeah. weird. I'm like, what? Why are you so large? He just he so. looks exactly like Sosuke from season two of Free Eternal Summer with a big, big. So moving swiftly on to other games that we've been playing this <laughs> yeah. week. Thank you. Um, so this wasn't technically played this week, but I can now talk about it as of 9 cool. p.m. last night. Uh, Halo played. 5, I got to play. Ah, a little bit yes, about. okay, all right. Oh. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you. have you guys played the game Call of Duty Advanced Warfare? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With, with the jets, right? They have jets yeah. in, the, uh -huh. in Halo 5 um, now. It, it's, I think the, the arc of video games is long, but it curves towards <laughs> homogeny. To, towards homogeneity, I think, because like this, this it's, is horseshoe theory in action with video games, isn't it? It's it's uh, just so unreal, and I don't know if it's deliberate. And I don't know if they're actually looking at what everyone else is doing during developing these games because they take years to develop. But between Titanfall, Advanced Warfare, and Halo Five, it's like, oh, this is what video games are. We had a military, like we had World War Two for a while, then we had military shooter, and now we are having the jetpack revolution for shooters. Like, but, I mean, futuristic jetpack. Yeah. 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 That said, though. I love what being able to dosh and and dosh and dash, dodge and dash. Dip, I love dash, what that does to Halo. Do, do, the five Ds of dodgeball. Yes, yes. Nope. five Ds of of. That no one can ever remember all of them. Yeah, it uh, it it feels really good. Like I, there were combat encounters, and Halo is a game where your lifespan is generally longer than Call of Duty. But there were encounters where. Uh, there was a dude who got like the jump on me. He like he got my shields down before I got his shields down, and I was able to like 
Oh, they were playing on a remake of the map Midship from Halo 2, which people might remember. I was able to just dodge into, like, a building and not die and heal up again. And, like, that's a pretty substantive change, I feel like. Um, there's other stuff that's changed, too, though. They've, uh... It's weird. I think... I'm not a big Halo 4 fan. I don't know if you guys played Halo 4. Not much. I don't... I have a lot of friends who are, like, really big into the Halo world who are, like, yeah. those best players in the world types. And all of them hate it. They went back and, and did the multiplayer for Halo yeah. 3. Yeah. Dude. And it's funny, too, because if you look at, like, uh, Microsoft publishes the top most played 10 games on Xbox Live every once in a while. And, like, Halo 3 stayed in the leaderboards for two years. Halo Reach stayed in the leaderboards for years. Halo 4 dropped out of the top 10 after a couple of months. And, and I, yeah. I think the answer has to be because they took that Call of Duty progression, the loadouts and killstreak stuff, and just, like, jammed it in Halo where it, I didn't think it fit. Because um, Halo was, like, this arcade almost Quake-like shooter where everyone spawns with the same weapons on a level playing field and it's fair for everyone this game like literally the first thing that 343 said to us when we came to this preview event was we wanted to go back to halo's roots and just make an even playing field and in my head i was like so so relieved to hear that because that's yeah. that's what makes halo not cod right like that's they i they need that to be set apart at this point yeah it's but just i'm that, like super sick of hearing companies say we're gonna go back to our yes roots. okay i'm like fair, like <laughs> It's such a we tacky. Just need a new way to slogan. say that, yeah. For sure. But what they did do is they did get rid of loadouts and they did turn it into a game where you pick up weapons on the map, like in the good old days, and that made me happy. What I'm a little more mixed about is the fact that literally everything else about it feels codified is not the right word because that word means something else, but turned into a COD feeling experience. So now you have iron sights on the left trigger, exactly <laughs> like every other shooter, which is not how Halo works traditionally. That's supposed to be grenades. Um, you now have infinite sprint. Um, every Spartan has infinite sprint. Um, there is even actually a ground pound move, which yes, like, which is Call of Duty in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, yeah, Advanced Warfare has exactly that move. Totally, and and Borderlands I think this year has it too. It's yeah, it um, does. it's I I think Halo Four Wait. was them learning the wrong lessons from COD, and then I think Halo Five is them uh, trying to modernize Halo the best way they know how, which is to make the controls of COD and everything everyone's used to from COD get jammed in Halo. Sorry, what were you going to ask, Doctor? Um, the sprint is attached to your shield, right? So right, like, yeah. You can infinitely sprint, but it it tears down your shield over time. I think the way that it works is that uh, you can infinitely sprint, but your shields only ever recharge when you're not sprinting. So you need to stop sprinting in order to recharge. It doesn't, I don't think it drains shields, unless I misremember it. It's, um, not sure. Aim down sight sounds terrible for Halo. I'm going to say that, but sorry, Jesse, go ahead. No, this, I'm just curious, and I, I, this is probably a question that that I think deserves some type of answer in the world, but is it because every company is trying to make their games accessible to other gamers that all the games start to feel the same because they're like, well, if they have a ground pound, if we throw in a ground pound, they'll everyone will know how to use that, and so like they'll use it a bunch, and we'll get to use that. And I feel like that's everyone's trying to make their game accessible to everybody, and in the end, it all is the same game. It's it's a very weird well, feeling. I don't necessarily think it has anything to do <clears throat> with like accessibility. Maybe it has something to do with that. But well, look, I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I don't want them to just be lazy ass game like game developers well, who are I like, mean, "F it, let's just." Like, I'm hoping that's their theory, and they're not just awful at their jobs. Is what I'm I mean, hoping. It's, it's not bad to steal elements from a game that you think work really well, right? It's not it's not bad to look at a no, game that's, that's very similar to yours. Yeah, and then and then adjust according to what you think works really well for that game. But the problem is is that especially when you're the third game that's going to be coming out, like 
again, like we were saying, there was Titanfall and then there was Call of Duty. And a lot of people are feeling like Advanced Warfare took elements from Titanfall and then made them better because Call of Duty is just like a better first person shooter. Right. But then I don't know about that. Like, but. well, but then like <clears throat> Halo comes out and tries to use those exact same elements and then they will feel lazy. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's, like, and it's, it's weird, hard. Like, it's hard with the sequence there. It's tough to say. Right. Too. Because these these dev cycles are so long. When I went to the Advanced Warfare preview event, they really hit home. They're mm-hmm. like. Sledgehammer's been working on this game for four years. We came up with this jumping around jet idea three years ago. Like they, they were all but saying explicitly, we swear to God we weren't trying to copy Titanfall with this. Um, and with Halo, I actually think that that dodge stuff does feel useful and good. It's just the iron sight stuff, man. It, it, that is antithetical to what Halo is for me as someone who's been playing that series for like 13 years or whatever. Um, it's, it's especially weird too because every weapon now has a scope. They're calling it smart scope. And so it's not exactly traditional iron sights. It's more like like the battle rifle, which has a 2x zoom. Now when you press left trigger, it triggers that. Um, but then, like, it, I don't know. It just it, It's hard not to get into COD habits when you have an iron sight. They were trying to tell us, like, hey, don't use the iron sights all the time. You can still shoot from the hip. It's Halo. That's still what you're intended to do. And maybe I'll be able to train my brain to shoot from the hip, even though I don't do that in virtually any other game 90% of the time. Um, but it, in the moment, I, it was just, it was weird. One clever thing, though, that I should mention and give them credit for, when you use the smart scope in midair, so let's say you're like jumping off a platform and you squeeze to iron sight, you, um, your descent slows uh, immediately. So you're kind of just hovering in the air gently so you can aim much, much better. Um, mm. And it feels fucking badass actually to do. Like it feels extremely cool, but it also makes you a bigger target. Um, I don't know. I thought that was neat. Um, I don't think I've seen anyone else do that exact thing. But mm. in general, I'm just like, it, it feels good. It also feels like Destiny and it feels like Call of Duty and it feels like Titanfall. And uh, I want, I, that's why I'm glad Master Chief Collection exists, I guess, because honestly, I just want to play Halo 2 for the rest of my life until I die. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's a weird one for sure. Mm. Mm. Won't be playing that. It's not on PC. Maybe they bring <laughs> the Master Chief Collection to PC at some point. If they don't, bugger it. Yeah. Although it. although they are interestingly, uh, Master Chief Collection not only has all the DLC maps ever from all the Xbox Halos, it's actually got the maps from Halo CE and Halo Two Vista. Though yes. the maps that were exclusive to that are in Master Chief Collection, which is like. I don't know if anyone was asking for that, but it's certainly... I you mean, got yes, it. Why, you got why not? It. Throw it in there, yeah. Why Go not? for it. Why not have it? Yes, uh, I don't know. It's a shooter on console. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we played some depth. We did play some T- depth. Yes. TV and I played depth together. Yes. I played it. I played it for the very first time on stream. I did kind of a first impression like live on a live stream. Uh. That game is super fun. I know Jesse would like absolutely Jesse hate wouldn't it. Wouldn't like it. But I everybody told me it was going to be so scary. It's not scary. It's just like fun. I think it's super fun. I don't what know. What is it? I have, I have, okay. Sorry. So it's a it's a game that takes place underwater. Four people are scuba divers and two people are sharks. Oh and so yeah. The, the sharks are trying to kill all of the scuba divers and use up all of their lives the scuba divers are trying to collect treasure and get out of the water alive so you both have like your goals and it's so fun as the sharks you can level up you can become like basically evolve into better sharks i guess Mm -hmm. um and as scuba divers 
uh, you can gain better weapons and like yeah, you get money by getting treasure. yeah you get you get money and then you can uh, you can buy better weapons and things so it's super fun I thought it was great I don't know I uh, the one thing the one issue that we really popped up with was we had a full team a full team of six in our lobby to queue up. And we decided that we were all going to try to be sharks. That did not work. No. <laughs> if you try to all be sharks, the game just breaks. It's like Whoa. either there aren't six sharks. I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> as long as you queue up with either everybody randomized or only two people wanting to be sharks, then you're fine. If everybody so, tries to be sharks, you break it. <laughs> I'm hoping that's an early access thing, right? It's, no, it's out. It's out, it's out, isn't it? Yeah. It just breaks when you it's, tick that? That's a very rare scenario that, frankly, would never ever happen, and Dodger's an idiot for making it happen, so you don't need to What work. do you mean? Everybody <laughs> tries to be sharks, so we could all be just, like, sharks hanging out, being best friends. This is why I don't let you talk to me often. <laughs> but the... No, it's not, it's not a factor. Like, if you queue up solo, then what's going to happen... What's weird sorry there's, there's something strange with my video capture today there's a corner of it that's not working i'll try and fix that anyway the the thing about it is that you queue up and your regular queue system you just queue up as either random shark or diver if you queue up as diver or random chances are you get into a game pretty quickly queue up a shark there's only two sharks per game to every four divers so that mm -hmm. means there's an excess of people that want to play sharks and people don't get to play sharks but if you queued up with a full six team, then what you should be doing is queuing up either random or saying, all right, well, it's six people per game, so two of us get to play Sharks and four of us get to play that. So it just sounds like a weird minor bug that frankly would never actually happen unless you decided to do something silly. <clears throat> so it's not too worrisome, really. Mm. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I, wonder, I, I thought it was really fun. I wonder if Evolve is going to have the issue, too, of everybody <laughs> wanting to be the monster. The monster. And not, yeah. Possibly. Probably. Yeah, if you're queuing up solo, mm. for sure. I could I could see that happen, certainly. Mm. It, it's definitely a possibility. So do you get the sense that it's intended to be scary, or is it just consequential? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah. It I think I think it's intended to be unnerving that like like the sharks can do things like there are walls that are are able to be broken yes so like sometimes you're in a compact area and you're waiting for you have a little machine named steve and steve collects treasure so you have to always protect steve because if the sharks hit steve steve doesn't work anymore and he has to like fix himself and all this mm -hmm. um but sometimes you're in these compact areas with steve like hanging out waiting for sharks and if you don't see sharks for a while and then suddenly one of the sharks like bangs up against you know, whatever building you're in, that can be super unnerving. Sure. It's dark. You know, you have to pay a lot of attention. But I didn't think it was, like, scary, right? Yeah. It was just... Ignoring the fact I, that I, you shrieked like a banshee Of every course, time because I panic. I, sh I shriek playing the Luigi's Horror Mansion game on <laughs> Wii U. Like, it's true. I just, okay. I just pa I panic playing those games, right? Because I'm like, oh, I want to kill the shark so bad. And then the shark eats me. And I'm like, fuck! <laughs> but... Really fun. I, I think it's a really great multiplayer game for sure. I would like it if the hammerhead ability for the sharks turned you into a hammerhead, yes. but I realize that makes no sense. I get it. It's fine. Fuck it. It's sharks versus divers. Sense <laughs> Fuck it. Not it's required. sharks versus divers. TB was an excellent uh, leader for the divers when he was on our team. I will say that. Until I blew up half the team with our own minds. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay, I did that too. I would be like, I'm holding a mine. Where should I put it? And then a shark would then come a shark for comes me and, and detonates the mine and blows up half the table. <laughs> yeah. The process. Yeah. It's so a, I don't think I caught it. Never what mind. What is Jesse's? Uh, why would Jesse not be? Down? Oh, Jesse has a phobia of sharks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so Jesse's not going to play. Actually, it wasn't depth of the game that they tried to get you to play with an Oculus. Oh my God! I was or actually going to ask No, Oculus. with the Sony VR, right? Mm-hmm. The Sony VR. I'd rather not talk about it. That's what it was. <laughs> it was yeah. an experience. I am not a fan. Not a fan of sharks. Hey, so fair enough. I'm glad you guys had fun. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. I am already just like, nope. Not even going to hit even. <laughs> nope, 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 here's, the, here's, here's how big my fear is. I'm not even worried about the game. I'm worried about whatever the initial starting screen is. Because I'm like, oh, no, if it's that crazy shit where it's like waves and then a shark comes, I can't even get through the load screen. The load screen. I don't even care about the actual game. I'm worried about what starting up the game's going to be like. So really, <laughs> that's where I'm at. You're more that's scared of fins. It's fins, not sharks. Oh, no, no. I'm scared of, of frankly, It's the potential of, of sharks. Okay. Sharks and be... the potential of sharks are both there, equally terrible. There was this commercial. There was this so commercial there's the potential played... shark and the kinetic shark, right? There was this commercial that played before YouTube videos that was for, like, Caribbean rum or something. But the intro to the video was waves. And it was just waves. And it was like a camera bobbing in the water. And I was like, oh, hell no. And skip it every time. (laughs) And finally, finally, someone was like, why did you skip that video? It's kind of funny. I'm like, what do you mean? And then I finally watched it. And it was like, Caribbean rum is so good. I was like, no. sharks. No sharks. None. No sharks. It was an island. It was like a dude on an island getting drunk. That's what the video was. But I was... The potential for shark attack was very high, and so waves. I was not having it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I oh, can't. Jesse. I can't do it. Here's the thing: there's a there's a video that I found at, at my parents' house of me as a child wearing like a like shark attack hat, and like apparently when I was younger I loved sharks, <laughs> and then something happened. I feel like I feel like. I blocked it out. I blocked did, out did something. Did a shark touch you inappropriately, Jesse? Is that it, I, look, I'm thinking that happened. I'm thinking <laughs> I was in the water as a young boy, and a shark came up and was like, hey, hey, kid, I got some candy. Come down to my shark cave. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Mr. Shark. Oh, did I have my little shark rules hat? Next thing I, you know, didn't all have candy, blocked did out. No. Nope, he, tried to, he actually he just, just wanted to talk me. about his life, and it was really boring. It was an yes. awful experience for you. He was like, all hey, kid, I'm, I'm bored. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. But depth, depth is okay. The only problem I've got with depth is it only has one game mode. And that's the yeah. escort the Steve around while it's getting treasure thing. Right. Which, frankly, it, I mean, it's good game mode. It's well-paced. Yeah. For as long as I played it, it it continued to be entertaining yeah. and fun. But yeah. I could definitely see a point where I'm like, all right, can the sharks do other stuff? Oh, man, could there be a mode where everybody's a shark and you have to go through little circles like you're trained, like you're a trained shark? A Superman 64 mode? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. No. That'd be amazing. That's the worst this idea. Is why, this is why no one takes you seriously when you talk about <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if there was thought... sharks, but Superman 64 oh, hold sharks? On. In fairness, the problem with the Superman reason? 64, Superman 64's problem wasn't circles. Circles aren't an inherently flawed idea. That's just a bad <laughs> game that uses them poorly. Fair. It, but there might be forever... f- the thing is, the circles are forever tainted. What we need to do is we need to change the shape because the Triangles. association of the circle with Superman 64 Ovals? is now beyond redemption. Okay, yeah, so sharks are going to have to go through ovals. Ovals, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Problem solved. This is why we're great Oh, designers. but this is an underwater game, so it's a, they're bubbles. They're going through giant bubbles. 
And this game is getting the the They have to pop the bubbles, but the bubbles are circular, but they're also spherical because they're bubbles. This game is getting bubbles. really cute all of a sudden. This yeah, game gets really cute the really best fast. Game. And then the bubbles sharks. are different animals like penguins and, and happy fish. And when you pop them, they're like, good job, Shocky! And he's like, You think that game kid. developers watch yeah. videos of people like us talking about games just being like, these motherfuckers Don't have I no know. idea. I know they do. I know they, they, know they do. Like, that's gotta be so so heartbreaking for them. Like we worked so hard on this incredible we mode, so hard and then these people are like, "Why not just put bubbles awesome. in?" Well, all I can say is Ubisoft probably ain't talking to me again. I can tell you that for a fact. That's a good time to go to a break. We're gonna come back and tell you a little bit more about what we've been playing this week, and then we'll move on to the news. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Do not go anywhere. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. I'm not sure if we're done with the ranting yet. Oh, no, uh -oh. we're not, because uh -oh. Dodger's eating again, so we're definitely not done with the running. Oh what the fuck's God. in the bowl this time that's so damn important that you couldn't wait? What's right, in so the bowl? That's a segment that you guys have, right? What the fuck's in the bowl this time? What the fuck's in the bowl this pretty time, much, yeah. It happens much, almost yeah. every time. It's consistent uh, frustration. Chicken fried rice and um, garlic sweet and sour sauce. Are there cashews broccoli in the stocks. chicken? There are no cashews in the chicken. cashew-eating I'm not a cashew-eating <laughs> motherfucker today. Oh, how, well... <laughs> I wouldn't say disappointing, because actually I don't care. Let's talk about more video games. Yes. What else have we been playing? Jesse, you have been playing anything interesting? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to look through here. Um, well, can we talk about honestly, BlizzCon games? Honestly, I, I, I haven't been playing anything well, interesting. We're sort of, kind of maybe saving that for the news section. Okay. Jesus, Dodger. God. I'm sorry. So, I was just well, curious if we could talk about BlizzCon. Uh, Shit. It's, it's a hybrid. Worst. It's a hybrid. It's a new God. innovation. We're just going to talk about both news and things you've been playing at the same time. It's efficiency. Worst. I learned it from uh, the Germans. No, I, the only Continue. thing of interest that I played lately was a game called Silence of the Sleep. Have you seen that? No. Mm -mm. It's a weird, it's a game made by one dude, and okay. it is a pseudo-horror, psychological horror game, where- Pseudo-horror-horror. My favorite kind of horror. Yeah, horror-horror. Yeah, the In the beginning, your character kills himself, apparently, you Ouch. don't know, throws That's himself off a cliff, and wakes up in a weird-ass hotel, and the hotel is like, it, it obviously is some weird purgatory place. Right there, it's filled with other people. There are many other characters there, so it's not like one of those you're alone. Right, there are other people there, and all of them have been there much longer than you. And they're just sort of like, oh god, it's the worst here. We've tried to get out before, but oh my god, it's just really hard. And there's puzzles, and so there are puzzles and things you have to do. Um, but and it's 2D, and so uh, the thing is though, at random times, of course, things get nuts, and there's this weird creature stalking you that makes horrifying noises, like unnecessarily horrifying noises. And there's things where, you know, standard tropes you would expect from horror games to get to hide in different places and do different things. And you only have a certain amount of time to do it. It's a very, like it, it, it's really, really impressive when you realize like one dude made this game. Hmm. Like you're like, holy crap. Like this is better than some games that have teams that work on them. And it's the definitely- within? <laughs> As a shit game. Uh, no, it's, you know, it's not perfect. It's definitely flawed, but it's one of those things that, like, you can appreciate for what it is. So I, I'm, I'm having a ton of fun playing it. Uh, I like it because it's not purposefully trying to constantly scare you. It's trying to tell a story. And the, the scary part comes from the fact that the deeper you delve in trying to escape 
the more it's like, duh, we're not going to let you leave. And so things are trying to come after you. And you don't really know what's going on and everything. It, 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 it has a few jump scares here and there, but most of it is the tension of like, oh, no, something awful is coming. And I don't, oh, God, okay. And you just don't know how to escape from it or you don't know what to, like, it's, this, it's the problems of 3D games without the 3D solution. Right? So if you're playing Outlast and you go up against a big monster guy, eventually you get so damn fed up with dealing with him, you just try to run past him. And eventually it works, and that's how you beat that section of the game. You can't do that in 2D. And I mm -hmm. think, and so you have to actually come up with real strategies on how to beat stuff. So I actually kind of like that. So I enjoyed it. Fair enough. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's fun. Certainly sounds reasonable. Nothing wrong with that. But that's it. Literally, I played nothing else except for like going to BlizzCon. So. Yeah. I played a bit more COD. It's still good. I am horribly pissed off with the way that the unlock system works, though. So I have a gun that I really like. I think it's called the SR-12. It's an it's an automatic shotgun with eight rounds. And it sounds awesome, and it's got a real kick to it. I'm like, oh, yeah! Runs out of ammo in about a second and a half. Like, it will empty nice. its entire magazine in about a second and a half. So I thought, oh, yeah. So what would make my uh, loadout really good is either if there was some kind of, like, add-on which had fast reload, or if it was an add-on that, like, had an extended magazine. Turns out there is an extended magazine. But in order to unlock access to it, you need to get three double kills with this shotgun. Now, a double kill is kill, as far as I know, is kill two people with one shot. It's fucking impossible. And you have what? to do that three times to get the extended mag, which is arguably the most necessary upgrade for that gun. Because I think it extends the rounds uh, in the chamber from 8 to 12. That's huge. Uh, massive. Because if you empty your magazine and you, you didn't kill him, you're dead. Straight up. You're not, even if you pull out your secondary, you're probably boned. I cannot do it. I can't get a single double kill with that fucking weapon. So I'm stuck with it. And uh, there's, uh, there's other guns that have similar problems where uh, there's uh, the pump action shotgun. One of the most useful upgrades for that requires 40 kills while aiming down sights. It's a fucking shotgun. Apparently, it's, uh, chat's telling me it's within a couple of seconds. That's really hard. That's still really hard because you only have eight rounds. So the reload time for that gun is like two seconds. So it, you've got to kill two people within like two seconds with that. That's very difficult. Why do I get do the feeling that no matter what you say on this subject, the response will be like, well, you're just not very good. Get good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get good. Yeah. Get good. It's probably do you get the it. sense that each of those were like manually constructed and, and written for that weapon? Because those sound like really poor fits for the type of weaponry you're looking for upgrades yes. on. And, and it, so someone chose those. They just chose poorly. When they were making it? Yeah, I'd say so. It's I, I firmly believe the best system that in COD for this was Black Ops. Black Ops gave you unlock tokens. You could unlock anything in the game with an unlock token. But you could only unlock that one thing with it. So the first thing I did was unlocked an underslung flamethrower for my AK-47 and went into rooms on Nuketown and just went, ah! And it was awesome. And now it's like, oh, well, you need uh, 120 kills while aiming down sights and while also being airborne just before you go to the toilet, and then you get the unlock. You know, it's like, this is hyper-specific and stupid. Why? Why, why, why? Yeah. Why? It's like, why does this site take more kills than this site? It's not like this site is better. It's just different. This is a waste of time. And they're still doing that. They've been doing it for like four games now. They need to quit it. It's the worst. It's weird. And that game is weird, too, because it's Sledgehammer's first COD, so they had to make a lot of decisions along the way of, like, 
what do we take from Infinity Ward's version? What do we take from like Black Ops? And uh, people seem generally happy with the the pick. What do they upgrade? Pick fifteen now? Is that what it is? It's pick thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, I haven't played that game since the the preview event. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm surprised that that's the direction they would take. I mean. I think ostensibly the problem with the coin system is that once you've unlocked everything for your gun, you're raking up coins and not using them for anything, but that's kind of a self-imposed problem, I guess. Like, the thing is, in my opinion, that's great, and here's why, right? Because when I unlock new weapons in a game like Call of Duty, I want to use them, right? But if I use them, I'm putting myself at a disadvantage because I don't have any unlocks for it. So it's an absolute pain in the ass. But if you have the coin system, what you could do is you could save up coins to upgrade a weapon before you even have to take it out onto the field. Which to me is awesome, because you don't start... It, Battlefield has the same fucking problem. So you got a yes, new it gun. Does. It's got shitty iron sights and no upgrades. You can use this for a while, be worse, and eventually get the unlocks for it. Or, or you can use the gun you had already. That's a dumb choice. I want to use mm -hmm. new stuff. You're disincentivizing me from doing so. That's a bad design decision, in my opinion. In my opinion. But I, I think mean, Black Ops did well, it better. I, I feel yeah. like I feel like no matter what game you play, the unlocking system to unlock either characters or weapons is is gonna feel like tedious and shitty. Yes. Well, it's because maybe unlock systems are very good. No, uh -huh. but they're so fun. Oh, but like they, but not, like they suck. It's a skinner box. You're pushing they the button and being given a pellet. It's not actual fun gameplay. No, I know, but like, I not with weapons at all. I don't. I don't care okay. about unlocking weapons in any game. But in games like we've talked about this before, like in fighting games, when I know that I have to do a certain number of challenges with a specific character in order to unlock a completely different character, I'm like, all right. I'll do it. You know, I I, 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 feel I wanted like to I, play Duck Hunt Dog, and I can't <laughs> do it because it unlocks at some other random time. It's like, but yeah. you can have Ness. I don't want fucking right. Ness. Fuck that <laughs> I guy. Want Get Ness. Away. Ooh, oh, with a dog. Yeah. Oh, with that dog. Look at it. Look at it. It's a dog, and it, it's like Banjo Kazooie the dog, and it shoots people. It's awesome. Can't have it. Game says no. <laughs> yeah. You understand my pain? I want some I mean, guy to be really confused about the tangent we just went off on and be like, <laughs> Call of Duty dude who's has... never heard of Smash Brothers. What? <laughs> yes, you could be Duck Hunt Dog about? in Call of Duty? Wow. <laughs> what? Best game ever. Call What's of Duty really has more dogs? Um, the it wasn't... dogs. I Call think it wasn't dogs. until uh, maybe Friday of last week that we are now officially allowed to acknowledge publicly that Duck Hunt Dog exists. Um, I've been to a couple events with Nintendo for Smash Brothers, uh, the Wii U version, yeah. and uh, on like the embargo thing, it was like you can't acknowledge that Duck Hunt Dog is in this game. If you somehow unlock him, you can't acknowledge him. I'm like, dude, the 3DS one's been out for like a million years. That's Everybody yeah, knows. What? Stupid. That's super weird. It's how just, is, how is that funny. an embargo that anyone could possibly? I mean, we've been talking about dumb embargoes, but that might be even dumber than anything Ubisoft's ever said. That's fucking dumb. I honestly, I actually am really hesitant to even complain about that embargo because it's it's amazing that they let us capture footage. Um, it's it's a little inside baseball, but just like Nintendo historically is is uh, they've always made people shoot off screen, like point yeah. a camera at the TV, yeah. and we were able to capture Smash. Like that was a dream come true to me. I remember going to that event with my laptop and my capture card. Like I, I didn't even know why I was bringing it. I was packing my capture card in my backpack almost sarcastically, but I showed up and they were like, oh no, yeah, you can capture. I'm just like, yeah, like this is amazing. It's a, I don't know. Are you guys so, Smash players? I was, I'm, TB, I'm surprised to hear you mention Smash at all. I'm awful at it. Uh, I'm waiting yeah. for the Wii U version. I played a bit of the, so 
basically that game is my waiting room game. Like if I'm at the doctors, I play a bit of Smash because it's kind of, you know, it's brainless and I can just beat people up. It's kind of fun. But I'm waiting for the Wii U version to actually try and play it seriously. Thing is, I was yeah. never, I'm never really into Nintendo until fairly recently. So I was never much of a Smash player, honestly. There's never been a better time to get on board the Nintendo train, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, the Wii U is yeah. an incredible... I like, when people ask me what, what console they should buy, I'm like a really big proponent of the get a PC and a Wii U combo. Yes. Like, that yeah, yeah. is the ultimate... For real, though. That, Absolutely. That covers almost all your bases. That's ex- that's exactly what we said last week. I don't Bell know. Uh, Wii U, Wii U has Pikmin 3 blown is up fantastic. And, Monster Hunter 3 yeah. Ultimate is fantastic. Wonderful mm-hmm. 101 is fantastic. Bayonetta 2. Yeah. yeah. Just buy I mean, two copies that. of Bayonetta 2. Just buy two of them. Why not? That's yeah, because like, you know that Wii U games aren't going to wind up on the PC, right? Yes, so no it's not it's not like you're ever going to double down if you have a PC and a Wii U. And Wii U right now has the most games that are actually worth using the console. <laughs> so it's like it's kind obviously of a weird the better choice. Also, it's it's a strange time to be a PS4 owner. I feel like this holiday because there's just nothing, nothing? really. Like, yeah. l- unless you're really pumped for Little Big Planet three, like, what are you playing that's not on every other system? I'm same thing with Xbox though. There's uh, like, unless you're like a really big like, I must have all the Halo games I played before. Yeah. There's Xbox and PS4 spent all that Xbox time fighting over getting Overdrive. people to buy their games. I mean, it's not like it doesn't have any games. It's got yeah, Sunset, Sunset and Halo. I think right. Halo. Good yeah. games. Good games is what I'm referring to. Oh, uh, okay. So, all right. All yeah, right. Sunset Overdrive is poop. So there's. Actually, there's a really good tip, though, that I that I discovered to make Sunset Overdrive enjoyable. There's an option that not a lot of people know about where you go in there and you go to um, audio options, then you go to the dialogue slider, and you just turn it all the way to zero, and then all of a sudden Sunset Overdrive is playable. It's a, it's a miracle. <laughs> I, I heavily recommend it. It is obnoxious uh, as hell, isn't it? I don't know Guys, that we're video it. games! Woo! Radical! And so forth. I made a... I actually posted a video uh, on my Tumblr of the exact moment where that game lost me, which was I was playing it, and the character you're talking to just is like, oh, sorry, I wasn't listening to you. I was checking Reddit, just name dropping Reddit for literally no reason. And that I just I would smash the, the disc at that point. It was it, it's, it, it's <laughs> so lazy. It's like, oh, God, that was perfect. Todger has this weird look at her face, just yeah. DCs completely. Like, that's a good that's a good review of Sunset Overdrive script. actually. That <laughs> Get the fuck out she's of this. She just leaves. Yeah, no, the whole game, I think, is, and I, it's one of those things you could tell when it was first announced, when it was first, you saw images from it, it feels like this weird, like, we're gonna try so damn hard to make this the hippest, coolest game that ever existed, and it's like, you don't, please don't do that, please don't do that, and that's exactly what they did, and they killed the game because of it. It's, it's weird, like, that game, and I, I've been saying this since I, I first played it, uh, at an event, I think, earlier this year, that game feels like, what a, 45-year-old marketing guy thinks yes. a 20-year-old wants. Like, that yes. game feels like a, a room full of old people who sort of know what Twitter is and like to use the word hashtag more than it makes sense to, saying, yes. we gotta be hip and with the kids, and, like, it, it comes across as hyper Hey, man, what, what if his gun shot LPs? Yeah. Yeah. No, not too. Like, okay, why LP? Like, there's a gun in that game that is a Big Lebowski joke. Who, yes. what the, do they think 18-year-olds give a shit about the Big Lebowski in 2014? <laughs> like, it's a great movie, awesome movie. Why do they think 14-year-olds care about their it's, Big Lebowski joke? I have no idea who the demo is for this game. It's bonkers. Everything, everything about the game is infuriating, but I think to this day the best story I have is playing it at Gamescom, and they're like, oh, they're you're gonna tell the same damn story again, aren't you? About the Look, person it's that true. 
kept it's te- telling you to get on the rails and grind. And, you refused and they kept saying, get on the rails, anyway. get on the rails, grind. And and I listened to them the first time I went through and played. And whoever did the best got a hat, right? And I got like seventh place. Because I, I was like, this is ridiculous. Go through a second time. I stand on the ground and just shoot. Highest score in the game. Uh-huh. And everyone since then has been like, yeah, no, if you just stand on the ground, it's really easy. Whoa. If your mechanic is like... You're me- you're forcing people to use your shitty mechanic because it's totally cool and you're grinding. Like that's that's it's a stupid game. It's so a stupid would, game, and I fundamentally believe it sucks to the core. I'd love to know that, what you guys think about this because this is a problem that I come up against all the time. And you kind of saw it with people talking about um, in in Shadow of Mordor how you could just tap A over and over to jump over people's heads. Um, when you when you can break a game by doing that, we can you can play like Sunset Overdrive by standing on the ground, or you could play Shadow of Mordor by just hitting A over and over. I'm. I don't. Uh, the the thing that I don't get is you could break the game by doing that, and that's bad design. Yeah, sure, whatever. Why would you do that? Like that's inherently less fun than finding new ways to kill enemies. Like that's a tricky thing for me. It's like min maxing is is something that I have trouble with because it's like yeah, I could play the whole game just using this one pistol that's overpowered, but that's not as much fun as mixing it up. So I'm going to mix it up for myself. And right. do you guys struggle with that ever? Yes. Yeah. I, definitely. I I love to try and be diverse in a video game, but if there's a part. It's my World of Warcraft raiding thing that's telling me yeah. that I need this gem and not this gem. It's like experimentation, heresy. No, we need to do the thing which is the most optimal at all times. Right. Yeah, it's and honestly, if you end up in a situation like that, you ain't designed your game very well. Yeah, no. Uh, if if that's... you find something that works really, really well, and it's something early in the game. Then everything else that came after that is superfluous. Like, let's just add that to the game because that would be cool. It's not there because you need it. It's there because yeah. it's something cool to add. And that's that's the game designer's fault. Yeah. That's not us. It is. We- it is. It is totally a design mis- like flaw when it happens. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I think it's like – I don't know how to put it. It's, it's weird because um, games are inherently about – challenge or not always but like oftentimes are about challenge and getting through something and beating something so it behooves you to min max and find the thing that works best um i just i am of the mind that like if i could choose between having fun with a game or being maximum efficiency i would always rather use a shittier but more fun and i think that's why i'm horrible at everything it's why i'm bad at magic the gathering because i put fun stupid sorceries and instants in my Welcome deck Welcome to my of entire you. hearthstone career yeah. yeah exactly like i like the dumbest hearthstone cards i want the Absolutely. dumb ones that do random shit i don't want to be you good love at the new the expansion then because full of that <laughs> yes yeah. they wrote a really great blog post actually blizzard did on their site where they were talking about how randomness and skill exist on a spectrum so there are low randomness, low skill games like checkers that are like right here. I can't tell if I'm mirrored or not. Is this the lower left? Uh, I, it is now. It's the okay. right. Sure. That's the right. Ah, shit. All right. Okay. So this is a low skill, low randomness game, checkers. Okay. Uh, chess is a high skill, low randomness game where yes. there's a finite number of moves. You can learn about it. And then um, I don't remember what their example was for high randomness, low skill. But I don't know. There's uh, plenty of those. Ra- uh, craps. Well, snakes and ladders. Crap. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, exactly. And then, uh, and then the one for high skill, high randomness, they put Hearthstone and Poker. And they said these games are good because a good player will win more than a bad player will. But randomness means you're encountering new situations all the time. And it's, it's I mean, it's why I love Spelunky so much. I, feel, I play that game thousands of times. Every time I play, I feel like I'm <laughs> learning a new lesson and encountering a new situation. I do. Um, so- I do. I think they also they maybe defend Hearthstone's randomness a little more than they should, but simultaneously, I also don't like Hearthstone competitively anyway. So, mm. outside of the frustration of having my Mad Bomber kill my really important creature over there right. instead of killing the six creatures over there, 
It's yeah. It's still it's a card game at the end of the day, and the way that right. you p have to play Hearthstone is you have to play it in sets and not in individual games. You got to mm. say I'm gonna yeah. go play five games of Hearthstone, <laughs> and then we'll see what comes out at the end, and not obsess over one game because yeah. you're always gonna lose a lot of card games. That's just how it is. You know, right. there aren't people with ninety percent <clears throat> win rates. You know, that just doesn't happen. I think the trick is to find the fun in losing. Like, when you yes, lose because yeah. your random card just wiped the board on your end only, you, you that's yeah. fun in a you different lie, way. Yeah. Like, that's a crazy thing that just happened to you, and you have this really yeah. good story yeah. now. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I play Smash Bros. with the items on, so clearly I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I love it with the items on as well, because Agreed. it's the closest thing I can get to fucking Power Stone. Make Power Stone, Capcom! What the hell are you doing? I don't want another Resident Evil. Where's Power Stone 3? What a perfect time to bring it out. We had a conversation with some of the uh, pro Hearthstone players at BlizzCon while we were waiting backstage, and they all are firmly of the mindset that all these new expansions, with the addition of so many new cards into Hearthstone, what's going to happen is right now, someone creates something, because there's only so many cards, everyone replicates and copies it. Net and the decking. hope is, with the release yeah. of these new cards, and then what Blizzard's promising is quick card updates after that, that the top players will sort themselves out very quickly because they'll be yeah. able to create new things all the time and experiment and get crazy, and everyone else will just be trying to catch up using those net builds that exist and, and trying to play with them. And I was like, that's genius. Like, yeah, if you're very good, good that's like eventually the, the cream of the crop will rise up because they are always constantly changing what they're doing. And because right. so many new cards are being added, the people who are like, oh, yeah, no, I'm – I'm number. I'm first place in Blaze, you know, in Hearthstone. It, it, it's only because that they found a good build online that totally. won't work anymore. That's, online builds will be a thing of the past. Honestly, like that's something that I've just been saying for a while. Is that the, the initial criticism of Hearthstone was always, uh, you know, it's magic for babies. It's like simpler magic. And I'm like, well, dog, magic. They've been putting cards out for 15 fucking years, yeah. and Hearthstone just has one set out. Like, yeah. of course, it's simpler right now. It'll get complexity later. Yeah, uh, Dodger, it's also worth gonna... noting that magic like recycles a lot of cards. It yes. uses the same yeah. stuff over and over again. And there's a bunch of cards which are completely unviable. Surprisingly enough, there aren't actually that many cards in Hearthstone right now that are complete trash. Right. There are. They could be used in some way. Whereas with magic, at least for what I've heard on the competitive side of things, most of the cards are trash. Do uh, do we know why Curse of Naxxramas isn't considered an expansion? Because it's like only got thirty cards in it, and frankly, that's just not enough. I mean, it's how many, how many cards it's will like Gnomes vs. Goblins have? A hundred to one hundred twenty, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's sizable. Awesome. It's sizable. Yeah. So and the, the thing is that it's also a different business model. The adventures are you pay for each wing, and as long as you can beat the wing, you're guaranteed copies of all the cards in the wing. With the mm -hmm. expansion, this is a different set of boosters to buy. So yeah. you could either pay the gold or pay the cash to get the boosters in a different set. So, so they, that's how it won't work. come with an adventure mode? No, not nope. at all. It will nope. just be an actual I didn't know expansion. That. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. And gnomes. Goblins and gnomes. And I'm okay with it because the adventure mode took Robots ages. I <laughs> didn't have enough cards in it. So I'm totally fine with them going down the route of we're going to release 120 cards at once. And in fact, they just need to release more cards. I've said it. Like The game's been out for over a year. We've had a grand total of, what, 32 new cards, I think? Yeah. Maybe 33 total. It's like, that's that's not enough. It's the, felt like a really long wait, but that's kind of that's kind of Blizzard's MO. They're... They're, they're really great at making us wait really long fucking times. I wonder, have they talked much about how the new set is going to affect um, Arena? I think it's just all uh, going to be in it 
from what I could okay. tell. Yeah. Like, will you draft but, packs separately? I just, I wonder what the I, solution is. I, I imagine they're just going to mix them all in. Although, mm. that arena's going to get really weird if they keep doing that, because yeah. it's going to become, it's, drafting is already pretty hard as it is. Drafting well with several sets is going to be a nightmare. Well, I mean, that's that's what you have to do with the Magic client. Mm. I mean, it's it's the same sort of thing when you do drafts, where it's just like, well, this is a one in a billion card because there are yeah. so many fucking cards, right? <laughs> it's There's... funny, too. I mean, to Jesse's earlier point about um, net decking, because net decking has been a problem in, in Magic the Gathering as long as the internet's been a thing. Um, mm. I have, and, and I want to know what you guys think, but like, I have always preferred the draft formats because even though, yeah, it's randomer yeah. and yeah, you might get shit cards, it's a level playing field. You can't just pot, like buy your way to the top. That was, that's been a problem in Magic for, for ages. That's why I only yeah. play a construct or a, uh, sorry, uh, what is it called? Sealed deck in Magic and then constructed mm -hmm. is when you bring your own deck. Like I don't mm -hmm. fuck with standard in Magic because I, I, I can't afford to and I don't want to download like a deck list and recreate that. That's not fun for me. Well, like yep. as somebody as somebody who is not very good at those sorts of games, like it's hard for me to on my own wrap my mind around strategies and like what cards go well together. Yeah. I like that that's there so that I can look at a deck and be like, oh, I kind of see like yeah, how yeah. those cards work well together. That's I kind of see how, how this like sort of thing works. is a totally separate skill set from playing the game itself. It's like practically yeah. its own game. And so that is tough for people. Get ready for that to be a difficult thing. The new cards, having played through it, change a ton of stuff. They're, all yeah. the old things you thought you knew are, are dead, essentially. There's an entire new set of skills you have to have now that are just like, well, this is next level. Like it, playing it, I was happy that they gave you just the goblins and gnomes cards to play with mm -hmm. and not new car or, or old cards because it would have been really confusing. But seeing the new cards and seeing things like, well, this card gives you random buff to everyone who is on the board or, uh, on your side on the board of either like bloodlust or taunt or, you know, holy shield or whatever. And it's like, if I'm a hunter, that is like my new super card. Like mm -hmm. all these crazy things that you're thinking about. And then the fact that mechs, when they die, like the pilot pops out. And sometimes it can be like a super epic pilot. And sometimes it's just like Joe Blow the gnome. Like you, like there's so many things in it now where I was just like, well, it's, this is going to be a different game. Like they really well, more than anything, it's, it's going to just piss people off. Which I'm totally oh, yeah. okay with, but it's yeah. like they're all RNG cards. <laughs> that, that's, like, that's yeah, all of it. All goblins and gnomes is literally ninety percent of it is just luck based cards, and mm -hmm. you will get screwed all the time. But it's really fun because watching people play is hilarious. Because the the, the re, it's it's great for competitive play to watch it go down because you never know what's going to happen. And someone could have the best like build of a deck and then get screwed by that randomness, and it's really entertaining. That sounds like so, good TV, there, man. That sounds yeah, like yeah. a fun thing to that, watch. Strange thing yeah. is, I think that's why a lot of people really enjoy watching Hearthstone played. I like watching streams, personal streams. I love it. It's probably the game that I most enjoy watching as a personal stream. But tournaments, hate it. Absolutely hate it. Like it just it's it's a really fun thing to experience the kind of the highs and lows of an individual player while watching it because you're you're kind of along for the ride. They don't know what's mm -hmm. coming up next either and they're like, "Oh god, I hope they get this card." And yeah. then they get it, and it's awesome, and everyone in the chat's like, yeah! Or they get completely screwed, or the enemy top deck something, and you, like, you feel the rage with the, with the guy. Yeah, yeah, it's real, totally. real I, empathy. I, it's awesome. I completely agree with you, because I was waiting all day 
for the Hearthstone finals. And then we sat down. There were so many people there for the Hearthstone finals. We watched it and I was like, you know, I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought I would. Because I I knew exactly what cards both people had. And like, it didn't feel quite as much. Yeah, like I had like personal vendetta with one person, you know, where it was just like, I hope you win. Like, I really hope that this works out for you. You know, I was just kind of like, I guess I'm rooting for both of you. Like, (laughs) yeah. Hearthstone is one of those (laughs) games that you can actually enjoy vicariously and Mm -hmm. it's very effective. That's why Hearthstone is still one of the most popular stream games and why I just, I'll tune into it one evening and just watch Hearthstone and it's fun. Like I have a set of streamers that I like to watch and I'll just enjoy the ride with them and I'll share in their triumphs and I'll share in their fuck-ups and the RNG screwing them over and it's a fun time. Can I can I oh. ask a fundamental question about uh, entertainment and Hearthstone? I didn't see the Hearthstone uh, competition at BlizzCon Todger, but do they show both cards? Like they do. Both players. So they would do, it yeah. be more would it be more interesting then if they showed no one's cards and the commentators were just commenting on what was being played? And well, so the cards were hidden from everyone watching. Mm, Would maybe. that be more I mean, entertaining? Maybe, but then, then there wouldn't be as much of that backseat gaming that so many people love. Yeah. Where they're like, "Oh, that was such a misplay." You know, you I would think, have no idea if there was a misplay or not. I think I would Great. prefer to watch it the way you're describing it, Jesse. Like that would be yeah. more fun for me. But I think for competitive Hearthstone players, I would presume that like a big part of why they're watching is the tactics of choosing what card mm-hmm. to play when. Yes, and yeah. I think you maybe lose that when you when you hide the hand. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. I don't think there's a right answer to it, but I think for the competitive format, you probably got to stick to what they use. But that's why I don't watch the competitive format. That's why I watch streams, because I know what my streamer has, but I don't know what the other guy has. And that <laughs> the, the element of surprise is what keeps it compelling to me. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's also yeah. not act like Magic isn't a game with shitty random numbers. Like, I was talking to a yeah. friend, uh, a Core, or I guess former co-worker who was an editor uh, at Discovery Digital Networks and he was telling me that he made it to uh, to pretty far in, in um, like a regional Magic the Gathering tournament and then got to his game and just didn't draw any lands and like that shit sucks yeah. completely that's randomness that's fu- that's like not fun under any yes. circumstance it's oh, the reason that I say is the worst yeah or conversely Mana Flooded like that's shitty yep. too and it's People yeah. get mad when I say this, but I think that Hearthstone is a better designed game than Magic the Gathering, just fundamentally. I think it's cleaner and purer, makes more sense, has rules that you can just sort of grok immediately. I hate that word, but it it just it makes sense in a way that Magic doesn't. And it when it fucks you, it fucks you over in a fun way and not in a way where you're just like, well, I have all these cards that I can't play this or I have no cards This is boring because I have a handful of fucking planes and yeah. I can't do anything yeah. with it. I, it's it, just, it. You know, almost every card game that came out since Magic has tried to do something about that they've all right. realized this mechanic is fucking stupid i love the mm-hmm. way that um wow tcg answered it very elegantly they said two things one lands are boring let's make them less boring two being land screwed sucks let's allow you to put any card down face down as a resource if you run out of land and the land in that game were quests and you could complete each quest it would still be energy, just like a regular land, but you could beat the quest to get a reward. So you could invest resources in, like, card draw and things like that. So they combined these two ideas of resources and lands and something that would allow you more card draw or more bonuses. It was a really awesome system. I loved the quest system in WoW TCG. I thought it was fantastic. Mm. But yeah, being land screwed sucks, which is why they don't do that now. Because it's bad. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure if, if Richard Garfield could travel back in time 15 years, he would have maybe made a different decision when like establishing the fundamental rules for the number one TCG on the planet. Like, 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and it's still very popular. So there you go. Well, we're kind of on the hot subject anyway, so let's talk the rest of BlizzCon, shall we? And I imagine you're going to want to talk about Overwatch. Yeah! We can, we can always talk about Heroes of the Storm first. Wing, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, oh, yeah. fine. How, how did that go, Jesse? Uh, my team destroyed Freddie Wong's team in the uh, comp the match that we played live at BlizzCon. It was great. Uh, was here's the problem. It also happened uh, two hours later than it was supposed to. The power went out. Which, the power went I out know. at BlizzCon, which is ridiculous. I don't know how that happened. but uh, So we got started two hours late. But um, it was myself, Husky... Uh, Crendor, uh, Laser Corn, and Savicta from Smosh. And up against Freddy and the team from uh, Rocket Jump and then Malik from Nerdist. And here's the thing. We were going to go in and just have fun. And I was already prepared to play Jim Rayner, a horrible character. But just, you know, we were going to have a good time. I was going to dress him up in his Patriot outfit. And we were going to run around and just be silly. And then... They had to go on a bunch of streams and be like, oh, we're going to kick ass. We got a trainer. We got people. They literally hired a dude to come like teach them how to play the game and be awesome. We were like, oh, shit, we got to step it up. So we practiced every day like for several hours a day in order to get good at that game. And we know – did I not say so, Hinky Crendor? Whatever I said. Um, we practiced uh, – too much, too much. And I learned four new characters really, really well. We had backup comps and, and super backup comps. And uh, yeah, we went White Dragon, destroyed. was that involved in there in some way? Uh, uh, somewhere, yes. And so we destroyed them. It wasn't even close. It was <laughs> by the halfway through the second game, it became apparent that it was embarrassing. Like we were just like, <laughs> oh God. And I, I just, for once in my life, I want to feel good about being overpowered and awesome. And uh, I will simply say, go watch the commentary and the commenters losing their shit, calling me like the best. They're like, it's amazing. Oh, my God. Look at this place. No one has ever said that about anything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and I just I watched it was like, this is what it feels like. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, for Jesse's next birthday. I, I had this idea that, you know, we take him to Las Vegas and we hire him an escort and we specifically say to this escort, look, throughout this entire thing, what you're going to do is you're going to shout about how amazing he is and how he's the best Heroes of the Storm player. It would be perfect. What a great self-esteem boost. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I immediately after that was over, we watched the other matches. And here's the thing. I think because it's so early in, in Heroes' existence um, that it uh, <laughs> it... it might seem this way but we and, and a lot of the other pro players said this we played as well as some of those pro players who were there and it, i don't know if it was because the team we played was awful but <laughs> they they were like except for cloud nine like which came to destroy everyone else was sort of lost in this wilderness of we still think it's lol and wasn't sure how to play mm. and so if we were in the real actual tournament we could have Done okay. gotten pretty far. Yeah. Because yeah. we went I've in run into some of those teams. And in fact, I think you've been with me when you've done that. I've run into people like Idra and uh, all of the pro gamers as well. And we've beaten mm -hmm. them from time to time. You know, I mean, yep. it, it's just, it's not up that level yet. Eventually, if they're taking this shit seriously and they're actually training be. for it, they will blow us away. But I don't think up until this point they kind of have because who knows what the pro scene will be for that game, even if it has one. We don't know right. if it will. It's, it's, it's really. 
yeah, no, we had a we had a ton of fun. We we played hard, and the only the only person to die was Husky. But whatever, oh, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna call him out on that. And Crendor didn't even go full Crendor, uh, which is basically Crendor just picks a lane and goes all the way to the end, like just <laughs> backdoors the entire. We're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm gonna beat the game, guys. And uh, <laughs> really, really, the star player is Sohinky, who I think I said Sinvicta earlier, which is dumb of me, but Sohinky is just like. Dota 2 level, I know what I'm doing, follow me. And so when we were practicing, he was like, I've been thinking, and here are 12 different strategies to beat this map. One of them will work. And we're like, God bless you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And so we, like, if they, again, if they hadn't said, you know, oh, yeah, no, we're going to make this, we're going to beat them. They're they're real gamers, so we got to beat them to show them, like, how good... When they did that, we're like, we're going to send your ass back to video game high school, bitch. That's we awesome. Were, <laughs> we, were so, okay, hey. we were so hardcore. We were like, Mm-mm, don't even try. They gave you a real gift, I think, by saying that, which is they made it so you didn't have to feel guilty when you beat them. Like, you could, you were able to enjoy it in just a pure way. It, it, the, it, was, it was so silly because we had it was a planned three-match thing. And because the power ran out, they made it best of uh, three. And so... Unfortunately, our third match was going to be like our silly match, and so we were going to do all our silly things. But we beat them so badly the first two matches, a third match didn't exist. And we were like, huh, all right, well, <laughs> it, was, it was awkward, but it was a lot of fun. And I think the thing that really showed, you know, good competitive level uh, playing is that in our second match, they picked all of Sohinki's characters, right? They, they were like, screw him, we're going to get all of his characters. So he's like, fine, I played Thrall for two hours today. He's brand new. I'll play him. And Thrall is amazing. So he comes in and is like, once you get a grasp of basically how to play a vast majority of characters, at that point, it's really easy. And the new characters are great. Thrall is like this general melee overpowered. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. He's he's tanky as shit. And he has an earthquake stun thing that he can move around in. It's incredible. Um, Jaina... Is, is a glass cannon that does a ton of damage, but is like a three hit. Like, she has no way to escape. So I don't know how people are going to play her, I guess, safely. But the Lost Vikings, guys, the Lost Vikings are the best. Like, in a ha- you, it's hard because you, like car- you have to play three yeah, characters play at once, technically. At the same time. But I swear to God, it is amazing. When you get them all in their little Viking boat and they just start singing and destroying the world, <laughs> it's great. Like, they, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have. I think TB can, can agree with me on this. Hearthstone's a pretty great game. There's a few problems, like the gating they have with leveling. Heroes, I think you is mean. Insane. Not Hearthstone. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Heroes. Look, stop making all your games sound the same, Blizzard. Dude. Hots. Heroes of the, the Heart of the Swarm. Heroes of the Storm. Heart, like, History how many H's of the do you stars. need in your game? <laughs> how many H's do you need, Blizzard? Um, all, their, all their names are actually, like, I know we haven't talked about Overwatch yet, but... But Overwatch is a shitty name for a video game. I, it looks amazing. I can't wait. It looks fantastic. The, the, everything's great. That name sucks, though. That's all. That's like, it's I don't not, know. It's not a brilliant it's not, name. You know, it's, it's, it's a video game name, name, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's video games. It's, I'm surprised it's, it wasn't uh, taken, you know? Yeah, actually, yeah. it's a fairly generic enough name. Is, is. But yeah, but Heroes is, it's good. It's, in my opinion, the, the Mario Kart. It's the Smash Brothers of the genre. It's the yeah. sort of thing that you can get people together that play other games to just jump into and have a 20-minute sesh. And I think that's really how they should market it instead of saying, we're better than all these guys. Like, no, we're, uh, we're, the, we're the stuffed crust pizza that everyone comes around to eat. You know, <laughs> we're, not, we're not fine cuisine, but everyone's okay with it. 
and they can share it and they'll have a good time. And then other days they go back to eating proper food. That's what hey. it is. So in that metaphor, what is League and what is Dota? What foods are they? If, if Hots well, is stuffed crust pizza. League is Chinese food. And uh, Dota is cyanide capsules. Delicious. <laughs> I would oh. say. But you've been that, training, I mean, right? <laughs> Wait, but like, but you love Dota, right? I so, have been training, and there's a reason for that. I'm taking part in a two versus two mid lane double trouble tournament. What for which Dota? Is gonna be happening, yeah, which is going to be happening this weekend. Uh, it's one personality, also known as someone that's terrible, and one pro player. And I will be uh, teaming up with the world famous Dendi from Team Navi, and we're going to be playing against some other people who are a lot better than me. And that's <laughs> going to be happening this Saturday, I believe. That's going to be broadcast that's... live. I'll be streaming on my channel. It's going to be interesting. The winner gets a gets a Twitch icon that's global. So that's we are awesome. fighting for Dendi Face. That's how it's going to be. We're that's gonna amazing. We're going to get Dendi <laughs> Face. Uh, it, I imagine we're going to get destroyed, but I'm hoping I... Dendi can carry me because I'm awful. <laughs> I can I just point out that knowing your competitiveness, I wish I was I wish I was in that chat with you when you're playing because I know you'll be like, no, we must win, we must crush yeah. them. Yeah, we Can't need wait. we need Dendi that face. Sounds no great. Space. Gonna, I yeah. do really like the idea of taking the Dancing with the Stars formula and applying it to video games. Yes. Like that's, that's that's some good. That's shit. exactly I, what they did, basically. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. I want to yeah. see more of that in the future. Yeah, I want to see them do that with StarCraft. It would be absolutely perfect. Either you go 2v2 or you wait till the Legacy of the Void thing comes out and you play Archon mode. You get the, the pro gamer and the idiot and you get them into Archon mode to both control the same side. Sounds awesome. We should definitely oh see gosh. some of that. Oh my gosh, the Legacy of the Void trailer, the whole time I was like, all right, okay. And then at the end when he like lifted his arm up and said, my life for ire. I felt I like, so yeah. many feelings. It's like, oh... <laughs> Again, still no effing, like, even after playing the demo that showed you the story, no effing clue what's going on with the story of Legacy of the Void. Zero <laughs> clues. It still makes no sense. It's still wonky as hell, Blizz. I'm not uh, sure what's going yeah, on. You I still don't have to fight Space care. Devil. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. You can fight Space Satan all you please. It's yeah. really, I, I, I like the campaign because that each level feels very different. And they put different mechanics in. They vary things up. I don't care about anything else. And of course, the multiplayer is the, the life of that game, you know? Mm. So, uh, uh, so far, it's unbalanced as shit. <laughs> but that's to be expected. It's nowhere yeah. near, it's not in beta yet. The show matches were a lot of fun to watch. Terran were obviously overpowered, but the show matches were hilarious, and there were some really cool tricks going on. I was but so angry that I didn't see the finals, the StarCraft finals. Life. The finals They were apparently were, amazing. The, the, I'd say the semis were better. This is a, a really? consistent curse that StarCraft 2 has. We The semis are always better than the finals, almost every yeah. time. It often comes down to format and the way that it's kind of designed, because you don't necessarily get the two best players in the finals because of, like, right. single elimination, because maybe one of the best players got knocked out by one of the other best players earlier on in the bracket. But I'd say the finals were good, but the uh, Tasia versus Life, the semi, was fucking mind-blowing. So uh, good. They weren't yeah, letting people also. in anymore. Yeah, like, they I couldn't. It was full. Places. The it arena was, was full. Completely Thousands. filled, which is yeah. amazing because, like, I I said this in my BlizzCon video too, but I love that everybody's like StarCraft is dying. No one cares about it anymore, and I'm like, that's the only 
final match that I was not able to get into because there were so many people there. Like, yeah, he has uh, he has a picture, by the way, of how many people are actually in that arena. That's that's the fucking arena. It's huge. <laughs> uh, don't don't you break out Starcraft is dead on me because that is that's some incredible stuff right there. Yeah, there was some um, man watching like the craziness of that semifinal match. Like, I'm gonna build right next to you and then creep into your like. It was like all the crazy life strategies. I was like, I get those signs now. I get all those crazy life signs that are in the audience. But uh, speaking of signs, go back, watch the live stream of the semifinal and finals. And just humor me. Watch, watch Day 9 as he's trying to concentrate. You'll notice there's a few times where he, he gets distracted. That's because myself and my hoodlum friends were standing there with posters in front of the booth that were like, when's Marvel? And like, Street Fighter versus Capcom. Like, all these times just holding up and not moving and just standing there. <laughs> I always wonder about joke signs because it's such a long commitment for one joke. Like, that's... It's oh, for... it was not, it's not even on camera. We did it just to him. That's awesome. Just to harass him. And the guys just to throw them off. And we just stood there. And no one asked us to leave. No one said anything. We just stood there and held signs for like 10 minutes. And so Has you anyone? can see there's a good part where he's just like, like trying to look away. And we're just like, when's Marvel? <laughs> I wonder if anyone's had, has anyone done the inverse yet? Like, has anyone gone to Evo yet with like a joke about Zerg rushing on their sign? No, like it's, it's getting no. to the point where like this stuff is getting bigger than fighting games. Maybe it's time to <laughs> sub, like subvert that somehow. I... Someone with more patience can do that. Indeed. <laughs> so, Overwatch. Let's talk yes. about that. So you yes. you have played a video game that is called Overwatch, and it yes. has nothing to do with StarCraft or it has Diablo to or do with Warcraft. Any of their other stuff. We play. I don't know about Dodger, but uh, we went up to the press room, and because there's no line, myself and about five other lucky gentlemen played for about eight hours on Saturday, Jesus. just nonstop. I and would argue. Was, I would argue that my commitment was pretty high because I didn't have a press badge at BlizzCon. And I stood in that fucking line three times to play it. <laughs> we, we had so much fun. It is, look, Dodger, you can confirm. It is a fantastic game. It's it so is fun. really fun. Why? Yeah. Why is it's, it fun? Okay, it's TF2 meets Borderlands. So like the the stages and the, the way that it's formatted and the TV team aspect of it is super TF2. Like you have some characters who do tower defense elements and can put up turrets or become turrets basically. And then you have like your healers and you have different classes of people basically. But all of the characters, rather than feeling like classes, it feels like you're playing characters. Like they're very specific. They have very specific weapons. They have very specific abilities. Um, and there are so many of them. There's just a ton of options and they want to add more. So the variety in playing is really cool. Although it is unbalanced right now because they haven't figured out how to deal with it when your entire team is the same character. <laughs> like uh, the balance issue there is insane, which Jesse can confirm. It's cause some characters are inherently overpowered right now. And they're mostly the defensive ones. And, uh, most I, I honestly I don't think it's because they're overpowered. I think it's because people don't know how to play the game yet. Uh, so what we would do is is we would play Reinhardt, which is the big tanky like knight looking dude with a giant uh, shield, Hammer, and then yeah. five bastions. And bastions were th is this robot that becomes a turret that has a shield in front of him. And so what we would do is if we were playing defense and they got through our front line, we go to the very last spot 
and Reinhardt would stand on the, the, the spot they had to take, and we would all form like a semicircle with our back against walls and just shoot anything that came through, and they couldn't beat us ever. And what we learned more and more playing it is Tracer, who's this character that blinks around, can get behind most things, and they're paths behind almost everything, and can get behind you and then hit you from behind. Uh, the only problem is Zerg gunfire is very, very weak. So if she's doing it alone and anyone notices, she's done. And so well, doesn't she also have an ultimate that's called the pulse bomb? Because like some people were talking yes. about bomb that she this throw, idea yeah. of strategy. If she can get to her ultimate, what she could do is she could kind of blink in, d dump down the pulse bomb, and then instantly rewind out of there that, and blow everybody up. That yeah. rewind and mechanic looks so cool. Like it's it such a brilliant, yeah. it's so clever, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, all the characters it's I think have Dota. All the yeah, somebody explained that to me. Actually, all the characters have something that uh, sets them apart and makes them special, and that's something that I think is it. It gives into that like you feel like you're playing the character and you feel like you're part of this world. It's everything seems very well fleshed out from like the pseudo London world they have to the like Egyptian Cairo world they have to to this uh, everything it like the the Japanese world they have, which is great because even the they. Barely mention the fact this is related to Blizzard, which I think is fantastic. In, in the Japan world, there's literally just a, a ramen shop that has a, a murloc eating ramen, and that's it. There's nothing yeah. else there that says, like, we're connected in any way. So it's like we're making our own world, and we're flushing this out, and each person has a character. And I think um, – I mean, I don't – it's really hard to describe, but I think Metzen, uh, during one of his, like, press thingies, basically said, like, they tried to make a FPS, like, a shooter, but with a heart, with a soul. And it feels that way. And it's a really douchey thing. Like, it's a messy thing to say. Well, like, we made it with yeah. a hug. But it feels that way. Like, you feel this weird, like, I'm, I don't know jack about these characters, but I already feel like I, I have the ones I love. I have the ones, like, uh, there's this whole weird connection to them. And that's after playing for a day. Yeah, and it's very, it's hard to describe. They're all very, very specific. And I realize that, especially with that cinematic, one of the things they're trying to do is get a younger generation interested in Blizzard because right now they're not. Um, but also, yeah, him saying, you know, we wanted we wanted a game that was going to reach out and kind of grab that six-year-old part of you, right? Mm -hmm. That is accurate. When you're playing it, you're like, well, it's I'm Saturday a morning cartoons, right? <laughs> I know? mean, right, really, it is. It really is. It is. You go into that. It's like I could, I could absolutely see an Overwatch animated series that I would have watched when I was like young teenager or even before that, and I would have been totally mm -hmm. cool. It's like there's an armored monkey and he's got glasses, and there's the yeah. cool <laughs> Reaper dude with a shotgun, and then yeah. you know, there's the there's the Cockney woman and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, that's a it's a it's a cartoon cast. Oh my god, mm. TB, how much did you want to die when she talked? Because every Yogg's cast dude I was with was like, we don't talk like that. I was doing it the whole time. Like, oh, nonstop. All she day. Would shut up. And I, was, yeah, and was I have amazing. no problem with it because I loved it. I even love when she was like, <laughs> every five minutes. I was like, I don't even, I don't even care. No. It's you super got a big it's, monkey. Yeah, like glasses, she, she's I'm super. In that world. She's super charming. I think actually the entire the entire cast is. And uh, for me though, yeah. it's like except Widowmaker. Widowmaker's like I'm a Starcraft ghost. One yeah. shot, right. one yeah, yeah, kill. Yeah. I'm even yeah. dressed like one. Uh, you know what I kind of found really funny, cool, by the way. This is just kind of a side note that a few sites decided to praise Blizzard for how progressive they're being with the character design in Overwatch. I'm like, have you played Blizzard games in the last 15 years? This is exactly yeah. the same as the what same. they have been doing. <laughs> but I think. I, I think the, the thing variety, that... There's a lot of variety, though. There's like, yeah, there's I think a, the thing that... Oh, go for it, sorry. 
All I was going to say is like they yeah, they have, you know, the woman who's in the skin tight outfit. But then they also have the woman who's in a full fucking suit of armor and shoots, oh, yeah. you know, rockets and yeah, shit. But to be, to like, be fair, they've had loads of characters like that before me. WoW's fucking full of them. It's not new for them. And pe- I don't know. I just, I, it gets my back up when press are acting like this is somehow a new change for them. It's like, you realize well, these characters have been there all the time. Well, they, and there's they, plenty they, of them in Heroes of the Storm as well. Even racially, though, they have a lot more representation. Like, there are far more races represented within this game. So I think, I think I'm, in I'm general, trying to, they're the... trying to find more diverse ways to represent people. Huh. Who's the girl? I don't think they've had a problem thing? with it in the first place. Uh, sh- oh, shoot. There, I know uh, Farrah's the chick in the armor. I can't remember what the name of the girl with the triangle, like, support she... character is. Sarah, it's a big cast Sarah, to memorize all at once, although I do yeah. think they've yeah. done a remarkable job of making these characters instantly memorable, even though this you is, like, a bad example. You remember what they're all like, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you just don't quite remember the names. And yeah. you can tell immediately just from looking at their character designs and from hearing their names, like, what their role is. Like, there's an angel whose name is Mercy, and she just looks like a healer. And, of course, like, it's just, they make it super, it's something that Blizzard's been brilliant at for eternity, basically, is clarity. Like, you can, you, every time you look at a character in the game, you're like, I get a sense of, like, okay, this seems like it's going to be a tank because it looks like a tank and yeah. he has a name like a giant soldier guy. Symmetra and it's just like, is the name yeah. of the character. Oh, Symmetra. Yeah, is there she is. Oh, the, the, yeah, the, the, She's so cool. It, just whoop. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you're absolutely right. Everyone in there feels like, like I was saying earlier, it feels like a character and you immediately identify or like them based on what they have. And, and what I was going to say earlier is I think this is, it's a really weird thing to see. Again, this is still drives me crazy, but this is the world we live in now, where most of the comments are really like, "Holy shit, this is you know very positive about what this game brings to the market." And the other half of the comments are like, "Do you see that girl in the skin tight outfit? Like, ugh, gross, Blizzard." It's like that is one character. Yeah. One. Oh ca- God. And it's, it's like, infuriating. Stop policing what the characters are wearing. What the hell's wrong with you? Is she completely capable and balanced? Yes. Then she wear whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, it, Come it's on. it's very weird. You want to put her in a damn they, burka? Would that make you happy? They have one vampy character, but the rest of the game, especially the female characters, are all over the place, like body type wise. Like, it, it, well, it, it, I, okay. I so, but, uh, I don't, see, I don't agree with that. Like, I think armor wise, yes. You know, you've got the big. Uh, obviously, tank character, female character, great, fantastic. Sniper character wearing skin tight outfit, standard, you know, standard character design, no problem with that. She's obviously meant to bring about the memory of a StarCraft ghost, totally fine with that. The light character is not wearing bulky armor, because why the fuck should she be? The support character is maybe wearing more of a wizard's robe, as she should be. What I would like to see is either a, a, a much a much bulkier female character, you know, yeah. much, much stronger, Yes. Maybe, they, maybe if they don't feel like they can make right. one look like uh, muscles everywhere, that they could use a different race in order to make that work. Maybe they bring some kind of alien in. Or an older female character. I'd love to see mm-hmm. a kind of crone character, wise woman, something along those lines. I think that would be nice. Yeah, that there's was, definite room there. But the thing is, it's only the first 12 characters. There's shitloads right. more, you know? They show us ones that look They have cool. a great track record on this stuff. And also, I was actually surprised, like... The day that they launched the game, if you go to their website, which you guys weren't doing because you were actually at BlizzCon, but those of us who were stuck at home just went to the the Overwatch website, they've posted a remarkable amount of detail about these characters, their background, their country of origin, their age. There was actually, I can't remember who it is right now, one of the um one of the female characters is actually a little bit older than I, I thought she was. Um, although I do agree, like, all the women in the game are pretty waifish right now, even though they've nailed yes. the armor design stuff. I, I think uh, Blizzard is, like... 
I'm glad they exist because I feel like they're one of the few people who are, are getting it right in terms of like, we're putting everything in here. Like if you want to be a sexy lady in this game, that's great. And that's like all more power to you. Like it's empowering. Great. We've also got a woman who is like more reserved and covering up because that's what, that's how she expresses herself. Like it's, right. you know, I think but, multiplayer games but, have nailed this very well in the last few years. And I don't think it's just Blizzard that's done it either. Most of the really popular competitive games have a ton of choices. Uh, for instance, I, I found some very interesting quotes recently. One from Blizzard that said the least, right. So they have obviously a lot of female players in world of Warcraft, female players on average, the least played classes and race combinations for female gamers are the kind of uglier, frumpier ones. Female dwarves and female pandas. Least played. Most played? Can you guess? Mm-hmm. I bet Hot you can. Ladies. Blood elf female, human female. And to some degree, gnome female as well. Human female? God, I never understand when anybody in the world plays a human in an MMO. I'm sorry. It's, like, no, it, it's because... I don't it's, get it. It's that like reflection of your... Like, it's, it's a relatability, you, yeah. Yeah, it's who you deep down inside. This is who like this is who I am. Deep right? down and inside, I'm a totally normal human, just like I am yeah, in my night real elves life. as well, actually. But <laughs> but no, apparently night elves were kind of sort of in third place. It was blood elf and human females that were the most popular female players. And blood no. elf is the most waifish damn thing. Look, as a proud yeah. member of the horde, I say we kill all blood elves. But whatever. Well, <laughs> continuing on, I, o- I, almost yeah, no, all of all of uh, my my wife in particular and a lot of the kind of uh, female friends that I had when they introduced a pretty race for the horde. Most of them it. switched. Still, still. Most of them switched because oh, that's the what they wanted. You know, there was there's there was one other thing about League of Legends. Oh, as well, trolls are the hottest ladies in I the game. Fully agree. Couldn't agree Troll more. Power. Troll females. power. Troll power. But outside of that, uh, th- there was an interesting comment that was made by one of the devs of um, League of Legends. And obviously, LOL has a bunch of female characters, has a bunch of male characters, has a bunch of androgynous characters, has a bunch of characters that are trees. They got pretty much everything. <laughs> Most played. Can you guess which is the most played, on average, hero by female players oh, within probably whatever the hottest one in the game is. Misfortune. Yeah, the yeah. biggest, floppiest boobs popping out. And it's, and I think, you know, again, it's one of those things that everyone wants to be represented, but from a game design perspective, when everyone's playing the sexy characters, you're like, well, shit, let's make a bunch of those, and then they'll play them. I yeah. mean, and I, that's unfortunate well, pandering, that is, isn't it? I think the variety should still be there. Yeah. That is, yeah. like, that is true, is that, there's there's a lot to be said for feeling represented within a game, but again, like when you're playing a game, you want to be living out a power fantasy, and that do, goes yeah. for men and women. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, most women are going to be like, "I want to be the hot one that kills people," you know? Like that's that's just totally. what and you're drawn to. But you still want to see a character who like represents you and be like, "Oh, they've got a curvy girl in that game. That's cool." You know? It's funny, I think, and it's what's cool about video games, I think, is that people come to them for different reasons, right? Like, yeah. there are people who who crave representation because they don't get enough of it, and when they do get it, they're thrilled and they play those characters, but also, as TB says, like, the statistics bear out that, in general, people want to be, like, a sexy character, right? So, it, that's that's why you do both. Because and actually, fantasy, like, you know? and also, it's just better fucking game design to have a roster that isn't, like, let's say, Assassin's Creed, for example, yeah, for yeah. the same fucking guy. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just better There's looking. No it's more I love interesting characters. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's simple as that. I think the thing coming down the pipeline will be seeing, because you, if you saw the posters and all the different press stuff, there's many other, like, there's the badass Clint Eastwood dude and the, the guy who looks like, uh, you know, the dude from Revengeance, right? And then there's this big, like, 800 pound guy in like Bane mask in the background and so you can definitely tell they're willing to go like all over the place uh, I, I, I think it comes down to 
trying to figure out what people like and what they play and going from there. And Well, here's, here's one other thing that I'd say that a lot of people completely miss when it comes to competitive games as well. It's that a lot of people who play competitive games that are class-focused play because of the class and not because of how the class looks. You right. play it because you like a particular skill set and you don't care mm-hmm. what that character looks like in any way. So yeah. at that point, while it's cool to have a visually diverse game, and I think it actually helps from the competitive aspect, the more visually diverse your game is, the easier it is to identify who you're fighting. It's all good. Makes things better. But simultaneously, never discard the fact that it's not a case of, well, males play males and females play females. It's bullshit. Absolute uh, it, bullshit. It's, it's totally different, too, for a game well, like this, because in World of Warcraft, like when you pick your character and you're signing up for WoW for the first time, you don't super know what you're doing. You are designing yeah, based on it. visuals, right? Yes, yeah. When you're playing a game like, um, like for example, uh, Overwatch, you you will play multiple characters multiple times. Switching isn't a big, arduous task. You, you have to. You get to, to try everyone and see. You have to switch. Right, you, yeah. You have to switch in a game, because yeah. the game changes as the, the objectives move. And so every time I start, I would start as Tracer. And then after the first objective was taken, you can't use her anymore because oh, there's shit. nowhere to get behind. Like, you have to change that. where you're going. That's oh, okay. great. I mean, you, you, still, you still can't you can. play her. What you're saying is it, it doesn't yeah. make Effective. sense to you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes, Dodger. Okay. All I wanted to say was that you can't, like, it is definitely true that they are willing to take more visual risks with male characters, for sure. There are always going to be more diverse, like, crazier, interesting-looking male characters. And then um, the other thing that I wanted to say is just that, like, I think one of another reason why people want more representation in games, even though they're not played as much, is because all of the different medias have people looking to them, hoping for them to be one of the front runners that helps other things be determined as sexy or interesting or cool, you know, so that it's not just the wafy blonde characters that are going to be the sexy characters that, you know, there are other body types and other styles that could look sexy, you know, in the well, future. Alternatively, as you said, I think just the, the interesting term, I think, is even the better. Like, we don't need mm-hmm. video games to tell us what's sexy. What would be right. cool is for video games to say, look, all of these people are also interesting and they've all got their own unique characteristics that we should be praising. And it's not all about appearance. And in a fighting game, powerful as well. Yeah. Just like looking at somebody and saying, that character looks powerful. They're not common. Like that look for that character is not common, but they still feel very powerful and I want to play them. Well, fighting games have been the forerunner when it comes to the most diverse cast. Historically, if you go through all the fighting games, everyone in the universe has been represented in fighting games and then more besides. Poison, regardless of whether or not she started out as a joke character, like, or I don't actually know the full backstory on Poison. I know it's a little complicated and it depends it is, on what yeah. region you're in. Yeah. But, Male um, to female, I think. Yeah, and that wasn't the way the she was intended in Japan. It was like a big change thing. But like, th- that's sort of a fighting game which had like transgender representation for what was basically yep. the first time in video games. Um, yeah. Like that's... You're right. Like fighting games have been remarkably yeah. good about that stuff because and it's not just like, Street Fighter. You know, it goes yeah. to so many fighting games with so many diverse rosters. And I think part of why it, it's not just people wanting to be progressive; it's the fact that it is literally harder to not do that. Like it's literally harder to just make a boring cast. Like why would you go out of yeah. your way to make a boring cast? And I think that's why I'm yeah. glad that like developers seem to not just care who's the most popular, even if sexy ladies are the most popular played class. Uh, if they, if developers tailor their games only to what the most popular character choices are, that's how we end up with an Assassin's Creed series where every yes. protagonist is the same fucking, fucking guy. Same. Yes. Yeah, yes. like we all agree that that's awful. And yeah. I think TB it was right on earlier, having played it as long as we did. Yeah, there's a lot of like beautiful women in Overwatch, but we quickly were like. 
Yeah, but that's not our strategy. Our strategy is to go five robots in a giant armored mech warrior man. Yeah, and like, then when we attacked, we'd pick Farrah, who's the most you know? armored woman in the game, and use her to just nuke down people. And we'd pick the little tiny like pixie girl uh, tracer to go behind. Like, like it, yeah, it was. It, 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 you're right. It has nothing to do if you're focused on winning and playing the game. It doesn't matter what the characters look like. And I think at that point, when you realize that, it can be easier to represent people because you can say. No one cares what the characters look like as long as they're good. So if you have a character who comes in looking like Brienne of Tarth, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, I would love that, by the way. I would, I would play her. Not, I would play that all day. And I feel like that's one of those things like no one cares what they look like. It's the assumption that it's going to be a big deal. That, oh, well, no one's going to play, you know, the, the like disfigured woman who's been through like 80 battles. Like maybe she's good in the game. That'd be, maybe people also- that's an interesting fucking character. Like, that's yeah, not yeah. another sexy lady. Like, that is a yeah. character I want to learn more about. Um, if, so, I, if I wanted to play dress-up, I'd go play fucking Barbie's Horse Adventure, frankly. I'm playing a competitive game. My skill set is what matters. To be fair, Barbie's Horse Adventure doesn't have a ton of outfit options. I was playing it, oh, like, I'm not joking, oh, right, like, six okay. months ago. And it's it's not great for that. <laughs> oh, so, all right. There are better dress-up games. Well, I stand corrected. Oh. I would not play Barbie's Horse Adventure. Let's take a break, because we're overrunning okay. a little bit. When we come back, we talk a little bit more about Overwatch, and then we can go on to the rest of the news. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Yeah. Do not go anywhere. Welcome back to the co-optional podcast for the final 45 minutes or so of the show. Are we done talking about Overwatch? Pretty sure we are. Yeah, it's good. Looking forward to it. See how it turns out. Was there anything else of importance from the... Oh, uh, the movie, but I don't think we legally can say anything. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, because they showed a clip, right? (laughs) Oh, wow, really? It was amazing. Mm. Who wound up finally directing that? I can't remember who they stuck. Was it Sam Raimi? Uh, Mm-mm. no, it's, it's uh, oh my goodness, name, my brain honestly. just died. Um, chat will probably say it in a yeah, minute. Yeah, we, if I we wait another 30 seconds, someone on Twitch will yeah. tell us. <laughs> but, uh, n- like, they showed you two things, and then we can't really talk about what we saw, but the first thing was essentially a trailer, and the second thing was the after, like, they like, like what you saw is about a year, two years old, and visual effects. This is what it looks like now. Duncan Jones is who it is. Thank you, Crendor. Duncan Jones. Is. So he's like, this is what it is now, currently. And the now currently stuff is like, if you remember going to go see, um, when, you, when you first watched Avatar in theaters, and that's sort of like, this is kind of next level graphics wise. Take that, but like times a million. Like they, I don't know what that means for the, like the story could suck. I have no idea about the actual movie. But visually, it was mind-blowing. You're just like, they actually pulled off Warcraft in a movie. Like, I don't even know how to, like, Dodger can can verify said fact. It was like, whoa. I think she froze again. She would have verified it, but she's disappeared. I thought thought she was just sort of, like, thinking about what happened. She looked really underwhelmed. She was like, "Mm." Yeah. It was, yeah, no, everyone was just like, Wow. That that just that happened. Sure is wow. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. It was. Oh, they give you one. They God, give you an establishing fun. shot. They give you an establishing shot at the beginning of the trailer that anyone who's a fan of Warcraft will immediately be like, "Oh my God, they're doing this is actually a real thing. This is happening." Everyone in the room like immediately lit up. It was a moment. It was yeah. Crendor can verify as well. It was uh, mind blowing. So yeah, I I don't even know how to describe it. All I can say is. By the time everyone left that room, everyone was sold on the idea of a Warcraft movie being a possible, like, the orcs look better than the humans. 
like visually they look more real than the humans it was just Jesus. like wow. so yeah thumbs up yeah again it could totally suck we don't know about the stories at all but visually impressive very cool well I'd like to move on to news. I don't know if there is much, honestly. I mean, we've had an update on the the copyright thing with Jim Sterling. The developers are still being idiots, and they're claiming they want to go to court with it, and they're about to get it's... murdered if they do. Are these the ones who made that game and then made a rebuttal video over oh, yes. his those people? Oh, all right. Oh, yes, and then did a rebuttal of Jim Sterling's rebuttal video, and then DMCA <laughs> claimed the original video, but left the rebuttal of the rebuttal of the rebuttal video. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. These guys are off their trolleys. They are very silly. It's so I, weird. I think when we talked about this the first time, I thought that their initial rebuttal... We said they were going to do this, right? Yeah. We their really initial rebuttal was, was hilarious. I was like, that's great. Yeah. You guys are idiots, but that's really funny. The fact that they're like, we will refuse to not have the last word in this argument, and we're going to take you to... They should have just stopped. They should have let mm -hmm. Jim counter and be like, oh, they're so dumb, and they did all this stuff, and I can't believe they... That would have been great. That's good publicity for everybody, because it's hilarious. Right? Sure, it's right. not good publicity for them, because they didn't sell a single goddamn copy of their game. They weren't They weren't going to sell it. I mean, they, they weren't going to sell, gonna sell anyway. it anyway. No. Right. And, and so, like, this is just one of those things like, oh, remember that? Oh, yeah, we totally got, we got him good. Like, that kind of stuff. And then they, they had to take it to, like, no, we're going to take your money. And that, um, Jim's, Jim's good. I mean, we said, like I said, we said this last week. This was something we called before. We all saw this coming, and it's... It's just they're they're basically like it's they're teaching a master class on how not to react when somebody doesn't like your game. It's like they oh, looked right? at a list of every shitty reaction anyone's ever had to like a poor review, and they're like, we're just gonna do all of them. DMCA like like a video over their video, and then another video over their video. Like it's just they've they've they're nailing it. They're hitting it out of the park. And if they're trying to demonstrate Banning how not to do from this, their forums changing the name that they use on Steam to Jim. They fucking did that. Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. There's they a posted one it dude. on the Steam client. They they didn't just post it on the form. They posted it as an announcement for the game on the official Steam Jeez. client. It is oh, insane. Uh, the only thing they haven't done yet is change the name of their game to try to deceive people further. That's yes. the one thing left. <laughs> the that, Jim I'm sure that's coming Sterling in like a day game. or two. Yeah. 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 Jim fucking Sterling the video game, son. Oh, oh my god. Um, so, uh, the relatively famous internet lawyer and talker of pe things about legal stuff, Pope Hat, recently commented on this. Now, bear in mind, he knows shitloads about the law. And, well, long story short, he thinks they're going to get wrecked. They have no case whatsoever, and if they try and take this to court, they're going to get utterly destroyed. And Jim Sterling has already benefited in a PR, from a PR standpoint because he's got a ton of new views, a ton of new subscribers. The only person that ever wins in these situations is the YouTuber. Every time. Like, why haven't people fucking learned this yet? You don't... You can't win against someone with an audience. Because they look like... When you wield the law against someone, they look like the underdog. Even if they technically aren't. Even if you have a shitty three-man studio in your garage, this YouTuber, who has way more money than you do, is still going to look like the underdog because you use the law to slap down their opinion. And people don't like that censorship. Nope, not at all. The internet in particular, I mean, I know everyone name drops the, the Streisand effect all the time, it's but it's real. like, it's like how, like, how at this point do people not know that you can't bully someone out of, like, sharing their opinion on the internet? You you can't yeah. do that. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that people didn't. And also, I'm like, I, I'm not completely unsympathetic. I'd say I'm like maybe 
99.999% unsympathetic. But the one thing I do get is when you work hard, and not that it looks like they did, but when you work hard on something and, <laughs> and people seem to actively hate it, they're, of course that's heartbreaking. It has to be. What you don't do is fucking bully people legally. Like that's that's the worst look. It just makes you look horrible. Like it's, yeah. I, I feel like everything I'm saying yeah. is obvious, but apparently it's not. Oh um, man, I mean, I, I had a guy that for years basically had a hate boner for me because I made a, I, I made a comment that he misinterpreted as I'm going to sue you. I basically made a comment over one of my trademarks and he went nuts for like two fucking years as a result of this. You don't joke around with legal stuff online. People hate <laughs> that shit. Don't do it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Very dumb. So, yes. I, I kind of hope that they do push this forward because if there is a ruling, it's going to give YouTubers a lot more clout because there's no way YouTubers lose this case. These, we've this kind of guy been waiting. is insane. Like it, it, we've actually been waiting for a long time, I think, for a legal precedent on some of this stuff. We because thought we about know it with fun creators. We did. Like we, we have actually got to back down using lawyers, but we thought about actually dragging them into a courtroom. The problem is, it's just the money involved. It's hugely right. expensive. And right, if you right. go into a courtroom, there's always the risk you're going to lose, even if it seems airtight. And if that happens, holy shit, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. you do not want to set the opposite precedent. It exactly. Like guys, yeah, like, because if if you're going in there to to like set a precedent for any case that follows it and you lose, like you've fucked yeah. over a lot of people. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, if I hope if this ever happens, it happens to such a degree that Maker plus Disney basically go all out on it and not it be Jim Sterling's family lawyer and son. Son. Totally. You know? Yeah. yeah. That probably, as, as much as I'm sure they're great. Yeah, I don't know. So strange. Uh, yeah. uh, so, outside of that, any other news? Well, the uh, Sledge, Sledgehammer games were asked again about dedicated servers for Call of Duty and gave an evasive answer. They said, we've been asked several times about the status of dedicated servers. Advanced Warfare employs game servers hosted at data centers globally on all platforms and listen servers as part of our proprietary matchmaking system. Our goal is to ensure the best possible connection, greatest gameplay, blah, blah, blah. This means fucking nothing. This stuff is still a problem. When I was playing uh, COD this week, I ran into several servers where someone was not only hacking, but they were spamming ads for the site where you could buy their hack. No one was doing anything <laughs> uh, about it because you don't have the tools to. And <laughs> lag is still a problem in that game, and a lot of people are complaining about it. So dedicated uh, servers would go a long way to making that game really, really good. As it stands, it's potluck as to whether or not you get a good connection. Right. Sucks. Absolutely sucks. Mm. That's a little ridiculous, but... You'd think people would learn by now, you know? Yeah. But no. And it's a shame because it's like the best PC version of a COD since like COD 4. It's a really yeah. good port, except for that one detail. It's another example of you've done this so many times now. You've made this exact, like, this Please exact sort of thing Please so many times. Up. Yeah. I'm like, you can't, you can't figure out this part, this part. This part that uh, I don't understand. Is that is that the moral of this episode of the podcast? You've done this so many times. You've yeah. done this you... so many times. All of this every story, every story. Like, all of it will happen again. Yeah. Like specifically with all of these FPSs, they're franchises that have been around for so many games. It's like they still can't get it right. Even the very basic elements that have to be in each game, they can't. I just can't quite figure it out. I'm like, why? I, I always wonder, like, I, I wish I could be in the room uh, where these decisions get made. Because at the end of the day, it, what is it going to, like, they're going to say, well, we could either have our own servers or make the users host the game themselves. And someone at Activision says, like, which one was cheaper? Which one costs less? Like, is it is it that simple? It Could that be it? 
I, I, I'm, I, you know, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, I'm not even gonna try to just. That's it. That's that is exactly what it is. They will sit down and be like, okay, uh, what, what are the costs here? And some will say, well, having people host it, um, they'll manage it themselves. They'll do all the stuff themselves, and we won't have to ha incur any costs. And more importantly, if the game starts to die in the future, we aren't still hosting servers that no one's using, and we don't have to manage that stuff. And like, yeah. it's all cost. Yeah. There's just I mean, some the dude the day, who's like, like mm, the way that they probably money. think about it is how many more copies will we sell if we put in dedicated servers? And then what they probably do is that someone somewhere looks at that screenshot of the Steam group of people who said that they were boycotting Modern Warfare 2 because it didn't have dedicated servers, and everyone uh -huh. in that Steam group Not was good, playing man. it anyway. And like, I they, never bought it. I stuck to my fucking boycott are, because yeah. I am not a coward. <laughs> totally. I think there are plenty of people who did, but I think that when we're talking in terms of like Activision money and Activision dollars. That amount of people is tragically like a drop in the bucket. It mm. it doesn't. It just sucks that that's the way it is. But that's how they make yeah. decisions at big companies like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's about scraping all the money you can out of a project and and skimping and say like like oh yeah no we're still spending a ton of money on it but what can we not spend money on? Totally. And it's insane to think like that's how it works. It's about trying to get as much like money into pockets of people that are uh, whatever. F it. That's cool. Well, I bet you with every Call not of Duty. With every Call of Duty, they also have to be wondering, is this the last big Call of Duty? Like, oh god, if is this going to be the last time we make money hand over fist on this franchise? And so maybe that's where the, the corner cutting comes in. But either way, like, sometimes it just seems so damaging from a PR perspective that it's like, they are, it feels like they aren't factoring in the cost of infuriating the people who want to love them the most, you know? Well, that's, I, mean, yeah. I, I think the fact of the matter is that people are still going to buy it on console regardless of dedicated servers, but... Mm -hmm. Really, I think it also comes down to control. The idea that if you have dedicated servers, you give a degree of control to the customer, which can cause problems. Because, yeah. you know, that if you've got dedicated servers, modding is easier. Keeping the game running long after the next ones come out is easier. And they don't really want that. That's not part of their business model. Mm -hmm. it, it almost, I mean, this is totally different, but it almost reminds me of every time there's a new generation of consoles, every time, it doesn't happen that often. But when it happens, the, the first question people ask is like, why doesn't this play my old Xbox 360 and PS3 games? And the answer to that question, tragically, is why would they spend money to make you buy less games? Yes. Like, it would be a way better product, way better for the user. I wish all my consoles were backwards compatible. It's why I'm glad that I've switched mostly to PC, because it's backwards compatible for the all past done. fucking 25 years of games. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, like, you're asking a major corporation to spend money to make your experience better in a way that makes you buy less video games, and that's just not going to happen, and that sucks. Right. Like, the only time that does happen is when competition enters into play as a factor, and that's why console gaming this new generation has been kind of exciting, because you see them, like, fighting to see who can give you more free video games all the time. Like, that's, that's the nice, part. yeah. I think yeah. that those particular services, the PlayStation Plus in particular, has helped a great deal because it's, it's kind of shown the way to even people like EA saying, hey, yeah, we can make a service like that. And I'm still cool with uh, EA's kind of vault thing, the access that they're doing. That's pretty cool. Although some people have said this is a slippery slope and horrible things are going to happen later down the line. It might, certainly, but for the time being, it's yep. pretty nice. You get, you get good service with that. I mean, the cool thing is it's a slippery slope, but then if it's a slippery slope and then one person in the marketplace says, hey, all this pricing is fucked, we're going to do it better, and everyone better. will go to them. And, like, yeah. that's – it's it's self-correcting in a, in a way. Um, yeah, I think so, to some degree, as long as you don't get into issues of monopoly. And, you know, bear in mind that Sony wouldn't let EA do the EA Access thing on the PlayStation. So they went to Microsoft, which is cool, but what if Microsoft had said no? Then they wouldn't have been able to do shit. Right. Yeah. The problem with self-correcting is sometimes it doesn't happen until it's far past the point of no return, yeah. right. and it's and it's a mess. 
Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, no, it, we're fixing ourselves. And it's like, yeah, you've lost everyone. No one cares <laughs> that you're late. fixing yourself. Yep. Sorry, on live or whatever the hell. That, oh, <laughs> you know, like God. all the. Yeah. It's too late most of the time. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. No doubt. All right. Oh, my God. Is there, I mean, is there any legitimate, like, I can't think of if there's anything actual news? legit no, newsworthy. No, not really. Um, there's the, the, and I mean, this isn't even news, really. It's just kind of an update, but uh, Game Politics posted an official apology to Brad Wardell, who is the CEO of Stardock. A few years ago, he was raked over the coals for allegedly sexually assaulting uh, one of his staff. Uh, turned out, didn't happen. Case rejected, uh, dismissed with prejudice the staff member forced to write a public apology but a bunch of sites reported it and then didn't didn't actually report the outcome of the case and didn't update right. their posts so brad has been kind of on a thing for years where he's been saying because of these sites jumping on me and saying these horrible things about me like that's really done damage to my reputation because those are the top results of any search about me it's like oh yeah this guy was uh this guy sexually assaulted someone it's like well that's not actually true he didn't but yeah so that game politics and james fudge apologized him today and i know that a couple of other sites have as well this is like two years on i mean this stuff should have never happened some sites did a good job i believe kotaku posted an update article as soon as they knew but there's that's not the first time this has happened actually there was uh the the creator of uh, cards against humanity was accused of rape and an article was posted on kotaku accusing him of this and this article was particularly egregious because the person that wrote it then went on to not only accuse him of rape but complain that he hadn't used this opportunity with his accusation to talk about better ways to uh stop so-called rape culture i was like how is it his responsibility to do any of this? Like, a, a rape accusation is life-ruining, potentially. One, mm-hmm. why the fuck is this even on a video games website? This is a, He doesn't make video games. It was a guy yeah. who made a card game, and this was reported, and his name was dragged through the mud for this. And, I don't know, I mean, those two instances to me do indicate that while we might say, oh, it's just video game journalism, it's like, well, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's pretty nasty tabloid journalism that can really hurt people. Well, that's what most, even games journalism is now, is, is really quick tabloidy journalism that uh, we're going to get people to click on our site to get to our site to see this cool well, that's, website. That's mostly we just, what Kotaku is. Kotaku rarely actually talks about video games. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's them trying to get people to click through so they can get the ad money because that's how money's made on the internet now. And it, I think <clears throat> the sad thing is, despite these two cases where they were definitely wrong there are many times where they'll jump on stuff and get people to click through and they're like oh no we're definitely in the right on this and it's that's not the case at all they're not in the right like it's it's bad journalism it's not journalism is what it is if i'm remembering right though the the kotaku piece which was written by patricia hernandez who i should absolutely disclose is is somebody who i like know personally um just i want to say that at the top so there's no like question but um Mm -hmm. That it was, I think, if I remember right, structured as as not saying conclusively that there was anything. I can totally see how uh, having a headline like that out there is harmful. I also, it, it's it's so shitty. O- there was one it's- other thing that's tended to add, just to add to your context so you can explain yeah, yeah. the rest so you have the full context. Yeah, I agree. It was like alleged. I mean, I think that's damaging in and of itself. 
but and, and innocence should be presumed. But the main problem is she made a comment that, well, really, so few rape accusations end up actually being false. And she actually mm. quoted a statistic, which to me, that crosses the line between public interest and really saying, well, this guy, you know, alleged, he's, he's but he, he probably did, he did, did it. it. He probably he did it. Which I think was, I think that's right. a little bit too far. And again, frankly, why is it on a video game website? But please uh, feel free to, because yeah, yeah. it sounds like you um, have a unique insight into this. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't really know uh, Patricia or Max very well. I've met them both probably a small handful of times. Um, sure. But it's, that situation is just so tricky because it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I think, uh, like, Patricia's uh, piece, if I remember right, was pretty clearly delineated as an opinion piece on, and I think of the, the tone, if I remember right, and this is a while ago now, was like, how to handle a situation, like how to write the, the big Tumblr post that he wrote, like how to go about doing something like that if you're in a situation where you're accused. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, I don't know. Like I, I, I think, let's say for the purposes of, of this conversation that, that Max Temkin was a game developer. Like what, what do you think the right thing to do is? Do you not well, report on it at all? I, like, I don't, I mean, to me, I don't report on that because frankly, if that's the sort of thing that an actual news site would report on if it was important enough, it doesn't mm -hmm. really have anything to do with gaming and the games industry. I think, uh, to me anyway, well, but then again, I don't do the personal stuff anyway, I so I think I'm biased from that perspective. For sure. But for me, like, I, for example, um, who's the guy who, uh, the Ninja Gaiden guy, um, Itagaki. Yeah. Uh, like, Itagaki was, was pushed out of Team Ninja after countless accusations of sexual harassment to the point that it, it like, there is there's very little... Um, there's very little skepticism about that stuff. People seem to generally agree that, like, yeah, Itagaki was kind of a creepy dude. He made some really good video games, but, like, I, part of me thinks that the public deserves to know that, like, hey, you might not want to support this dude that's in That's exactly games. what like, I was going I, to I say. Well, if, it I could think, though, in that situation, that's, like, so many times that it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mm -hmm. think you've got to be very careful when you have a voice when someone is... We are supposed to presume innocence on the part of people. Yeah. So I have a feeling that and that's kind of where the well, line is drawn. That's totally. What and I... it's so tricky too with this with this uh, like subject matter because even if you do keep your your critical distance and you do say allegedly, um, like rape allegations are are not like any other type of allegation. It it is huge and and horrifying and like even if you're saying that it's not conclusive, it is. It's playing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. You know, that, it's, that's that, an accusation like that is toxic. Like that yeah. touches you. It's radioactive. It doesn't go away, even if it is alleged. Dodger, sorry. Uh, I I think I interrupted you in the middle of that. All I was gonna say is that I like. I feel like the the combination is there. Like if if it's for sure, if they know without a shadow of a doubt, or the accusation has been made so many times that it's like, okay, this can't just be falsified, right? Um, at that point, I would want to know as a consumer so that I don't support them anymore. The um, but if it's if it's just if it's a single allegation, then maybe it shouldn't be as sensationalized, even though they're, they're going to do it anyway, because people will click on it. You know, yeah, but I mean, at that point, you have a damn moral responsibility not well, to write that shit. Surely that I mean, here's here's the thing that I think online media, news related media suffers from entirely the front page has everything on it. So mm -hmm. opinion pieces and news pieces are all on that front page. And, and all advertorial disguised yeah. as news. 
Very all common. getting the same attention, and the descriptors of what they are, like when it says opinion or whatever, are tiny and out of the way, and you don't necessarily see what it is. So it, you're absolutely right. It, I, I could write an opinion piece and say this is, you know, I don't support this person, and I don't, you know, you should not support this guy, and that's fine. You're allowed to. But in newspapers, remember those things, newspapers? They had an, <laughs> an entire section of just opinions. And so you knew when you went to that page – those weren't facts. Those were someone's opinion based on facts, sometimes not on facts, right? Well, and so, yeah. And so a, a, an online media news outlet needs to say, like, here's the news and give you the news and be like, if you want the opinion of what a, a staff member thinks on that, click here. Right? I think it, every it, outlet should do a good job of – or even, I think everyone could improve at delineating those two things. Like, it, there, it's there not that way at all right now. It is yeah, it's horrible. It's, it's happening quite a bit. There was the there was the uh, there was some controversy regarding the uh, boy the uh, Bayonetta two review on Polygon, where some people felt that it was a bit too much the writer injecting his political viewpoint, and it was very one sided. And I think mm -hmm. uh, the the issue that I had with it was uh, about a year ago they did a, a thing about Dragon's Crown, and I fully supported that review because I thought they they balanced the fairly. Uh, reasonable concerns of the non-player character females kind of being very very damselly and very like uh scantily clad and everything like that and they're kind of they they did it proportionally to looking at the rest of the game whereas with the bayonetta 2 review literally half the review was about how she was dressed which mm -hmm. i think was excessive and silly and there's there's definitely a blurring of the lines between op-ed editorial and review and i think that's mm -hmm. going to happen to some degree but individual writers i think have to try and step outside their own comfort zone every now and again, look at themselves from outside the window and say, what would other people think about this? Like, you know, how maybe this isn't the only point of view. Maybe there's something I could do that is better serves the consumer because I'm looking at it from different angles now. Yeah, I, it's, it's tricky for me. I reviewed Bayonetta 2 and uh, I didn't talk much about that content in it, uh, primarily because I find Bayonetta 2 personally to be like an incredibly powerful and intimidating and strong character mm -hmm, certainly at yeah. the same point though um like it was i think it was arthur geese it was geese. arthur geese who wrote that um yes. that review like even if i don't agree with his his stance on that stuff i think we start to get into murky territory when we start policing how yes, much of a yeah. review should be how much uh, like like you're only allowed to talk about uh how how the character is dressed this much before it's no longer a review i, I think it's weirder though right. still because it's very arbitrary um, isn't it it is. There's no right answer. Um, and no. for me, like the answer that we found at Rev3 Games uh, when it was just me and Tara over there was we ditched review scores completely. And all yes. of a sudden, yes. Uh, yes. It, yes. It, yes. it was yes. amazing because like people had to engage with our text and had to actually respond to what we were saying. Instead of scrolling um, to the bottom or clicking to the end of the video or doing whatever they do and then, now. And then attributing like, right. oh, well, it was because of your opinion here that this is yeah. what the score dropped. And I don't like the fact that you did that. Right. And, like, yeah. Kill you gave scores, Bayonetta this number because you thought it was sexist. Exactly. Is the, is the, what's exactly. the problem with this? And like, imagine a world, and I know that this is like a pipe dream, but imagine a world where Arthur's Bayonetta review ran without a score at the bottom. I think it's the reaction so would have been totally dream. different. I think it's entirely possible. I, I, I really wish, do. yeah, like that's, I hope that that's the world we come to because if, if, that's, if that uh, Bayonetta review had run without a number at the bottom, nobody would be telling him what he can and can't say. And conversely, nobody would feel betrayed or nobody would feel like it's hurting the game's Metacritic score for reasons that they don't agree. So it's like, as soon as you get rid of the number, uh, it's just a critic's opinion. It is pure opinion. Um, and it's... It, it just dodges, it sidesteps yeah. so many of these issues. Yeah, and in particular with Metacritic, because people keep bringing up the argument, well, don't read stuff you don't like. Well, that doesn't work while Metacritic exists. You know, it still mm -hmm. has influence outside of that. 
So I think, you know, you get rid of the scores, you get rid of Metacritic's influence, and in turn, you get more diverse critique. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go to a site that is very focused on feminist issues or very focused on conservative issues, or in the case of like Christ-centered gamer, who do a very interesting thing. There's, there's a site called Christ-centered gaming, which is focused on, you know, it's, it's Christian gaming site. The way that they do their reviews is intriguing because they... They don't really write about religious issues in the reviews, but they have two sets of scores. They've got a score based on kind of the gameplay and the storytelling, and then they've got a kind of morality score, which mm. is separate to that. And they realize mm. that it's kind of a niche thing they're doing, and they're, they're applying a moral code that other people don't necessarily have. So they separate the two and let you pick what you pay attention to. So I like that idea, but I'd prefer scores to yeah. go entirely. Just, just kill them. Kill them and we have more diversity. Simple as that. We have more diversity in critique. It's good. It's a good idea. Yeah. I want it gone. As, as someone who did game reviews for a little while there, and I, I don't, I haven't figured out yet if it's something I'll keep doing in the future in that way with like scoring and conclusive big opinions like that. Um, it's impossible for for me not to kind of shudder when I see people tell someone that their review is wrong. I just think that 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 phrase is inherently uh, kind of a shitty thing to say to someone but well the most of the time you can't say it either because a lot of it's opinion based i mean if they make a mistake sure but yeah it's like you can't yeah, just it, say your opinion is wrong <laughs> exactly like factual inaccuracies are one thing but to but to uh begrudge someone for their opinion is is on on no matter what side you land on kind of a yucky thing to do at the same time though i mean like you said the solution is stop trying to quantify games with numbers like people when they watched it's my reviews stupid. that had no numbers on them and and tv i'm sure this has been your experience too never when people watch Ever. Yeah, like people watched my Bayonetta review and they weren't like, so did he like it or not? Like you can tell from watching my Bayonetta 2 review, I fucking love that game. You can tell from watching what it. what he said instead yeah, of you had the to imaginary score at the bottom. What a exactly. wonderful idea. And also like what does a 7 tell you? It was uh, it was actually uh, TB a while back you and I did that thing about the YouTube contracts with yes, it was like yes, Yumi, Sessler, and, uh, and Jason Schreier from Schreier, Kotaku. Yes. Yeah. And he pointed out recently there's a game called Fantasy Life on the on the 3ds which is getting about sevens um but i like know so many people who are obsessed with fantasy life and there are also people who would hate that type of game but a seven mm -hmm. a 70 on metacritic sorry tells you literally nothing, nothing. about the game right like yeah. whereas if you if you if i sat you down and you listen to me talk about fantasy life for seven minutes you'll know whether or not it's a game for you and, mm -hmm. and numbers don't give you that yep, at all absolutely numbers are fucking useless because they numbers are faux objectivity it's like, oh, it's a score. All right. Well, I mean, that's got to be based on some sort of framework, right? It's got to be relative to other scores, but it's not relative to other scores because every site scores completely differently. And most sites don't even explain how they're scored in the first place. So the number is completely and utterly useless. And in fact, I'd say, you know, it's, it detracts from what you're writing. If, if a game site will not listen to me when I say kill Metacritic because it's good for the industry, listen to this. No one's paying attention to what you're fucking writing. They're scrolling yeah. down the bottom and looking at the score, and you should be furious about that because you my, spent time writing that. Dude, I, I did a, my first big review for Rev3 Games was South Park, The Stick of Truth, which is a game that I thought was, uh, was really well assembled and graphically really, really pretty and would make South Park fans super happy. Yes. But I don't love South Park as much as I did when I was Ditto. like 14. Yeah. And uh, it just like 
for me, that game was a three out of five. And that video was, and maybe still is, when you search for South Park Stick of Truth review on YouTube, the first thing that came up. So basically, the comments are just literally thousands of people with Cartman avatars calling me, like, homosexual slurs and shit. And it's just like, <laughs> it's because of the number at the end. It's because of the three. If I had trimmed that review off before I gave it a number, they would have engaged with the text. Which is, And what I said in that video was, I think if you like South Park, you were going to find a lot to love in this game. But then when I gave it personally what it was for me, which was a three, yep. uh, people you, just like ooh, shut I'm down. Looking at you like dislike ratio. Three and a half thousand likes, 1,998 dislikes. Wow, I thought yeah. my dislike Whoa. ratio was bad for Borderlands. Holy dude. shit. Yeah, you dude. had to post this. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> it was, dude, it do was Do you like, even play video games, Nick, according to these comments? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was like a fake this, gamer. I want to like, see these comments now. All right, here we dude, go. You Let's do some, I recommend some reading. This is got to be I recommend fun. it. Check them out. One of my favorite <laughs> things was like, they're like, why did they get someone who, like, doesn't like South Park to review it. And I'm like, well, A, I do enjoy South Park, and, and B, I'm writing this from the perspective of someone who has liked South Park in the past. Um, and also, like, fuck the idea that only people who are super fans of a game or a genre get to review it. That's a ridiculous Yeah, that's proposal. dumb. That's, that's, that's very, very dumb. we quite yeah. a bit. So let's, let's do a little bit of uh, a light a reading theater. here. Oh yeah. Gosh. Let, let, let me, let me just. Wow. Hang on, I've got to find the masterpiece theater theme. Uh, just okay. Give, I'm give excited. Me a I, haven't, I haven't read them in a while, so let's get in it. All right. This, all right. I'm, I'm going to set this up here. Just give me a moment. This is going to be fun. All right. Let's see. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Okay. Here's my uh, here's my masterpiece theater reading of Devi Cat's comment. Okay. This emo hipster is a retard. I've played all the way through this game, also he complains about not knowing things. Then six dots. Good punctuation. How about you press start and go to help, you retard? Not to mention, lacks the polish of Paper Mario. Are you fucking kidding me? It's insanely great. Not to mention, you bitch, about no on screen instructions to match the button. It is called reflexes, asshole. Get some some time. Full stop. Your review is flawed on so many levels, and I wonder how you keep a job. Can we please get Adam Sessler's view on this? Because you would actually be fair about it and not point out things which aren't there. Not point out things which aren't there. Yeah, and I can I can go ahead and spoil that for people. Adam didn't love the game either. Um, <laughs> the, the, that first comment though, that's referencing a so uh, the game's in-game manual, which I made a reference to. Um, which that guy was like, why don't you press start and check the manual? Yeah, I did. It was like a nightmare in Stick of Truth. It was this awful, like literally ridden with typos, just giant textless, imageless document where they had every single feature in the game, black on black text, like no effort at all to present it to you in a way that was sensical. I just, I don't know. TB, I, I would like to read one as well. So okay, yeah, all, right, I'm re all right, I'm restarting the Masterpiece Theater theme in three, two, one, begin. Way below average on Metacritic. I think Polygon had the best, but these guys take the biscuit. <laughs> the rating system in this is the worst I have ever seen. Three stars is a six of ten, which is bad. <laughs> An infamous Second Son and South Park are great, averaging eight of ten plus with the majority of reviewers. Time to unsub and listen to Angry Joe. <laughs> and my favorite thing, though, is like people looking at the Metacritic score, comparing that to the number you gave it, and saying that you're wrong. Like the amount of logical leaps it takes 
You are literally saying that everyone has to feel the same way about a game when you get mad at someone for their number differing from the Metacritic norm. It's I don't understand. I don't understand the intro. He's saying way comma below average on Metacritic. I think Polygon was bad, but these guys take the biscuit. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either. I don't know what that means. Like like he's saying, he's either saying that this is below what Metacritic was, or Metacritic itself is below the average. Like I don't know what I don't know what his argument is. Another it's possible insane. interpretation is that me and Polygon uh, gave it the two lowest scores that he could find and therefore were, did the worst job of giving it a high score. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> another thing I learned from being uh, – and I, I know, TV, you've turned off YouTube comments, which is like – Oh, yes. I, it's wonderful. I thought about that every day at Rift 3 Games. But, like, um, the thing that I learned is that uh, when I would do a preview of a game that I got to play early, if it was a game that I happened to like a lot, like um, Bloodborne – the comments would be so excited and praise and so like full of praise, so kind to me. When I previewed a game and had a cooler reception to it, um, it was like obviously the audience that video is presumably people who found it through YouTube search who want to be told how great this game is going to be. And when you don't line up with their preconceived notion that every game they've ever wanted to be good is going to be amazing, they attack you, and it's it's just a weird yeah. shitty thing oh, about. I get about it every YouTube. time and I talk about Borderlands. Every time. Yeah. And you're right. Like most of those comments are. A three, not even a four. Do you know how hard they worked on this game? At least give it a four, man. God. And I'm like, it's, he's giving it a score. Like, he's not going to give it a score based on how long it took them to make the game. He's giving it a score based on yeah. his experience. Like, and the, the really tragic scores. part is that I think that it's a pretty good game. I think that that game is like the art style, they hit it out of the park. Uh, the writing feels like the show. Um, like, I think that that game is A-OK, -okay, and that's why I gave it a 3 out of 5, because I think it's a perfectly fine game, and I use every part of the Buffalo, I use every part of the review scale, right? Like, I give a game that I think is pretty good, but not great and not for me a 3, because that's what that number means on a scale of 1 to 5. But ultimately, the solution we found was fuck review scores entirely, and uh, we had a really fun year of just talking about games and yeah. making people engage with our words and Let's not our have numbers. everybody do that. That sounds like a really, really good idea, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to go look and see what this guy is. This guy watches for videos, and it's all reviews. Oh. It's all review shows. Like that's his. Thing. Let me guess. Everything like, he does is complain about what other people think. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through. It, it's insane. The only person on here that isn't a reviewer, even though I guess he has opinions, is Boogie. Every other than that, everything on here is like reviews, 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 reviews of insane things, like reviews of Chinese food. Whoa. The dude, the dude <laughs> loves opinions. He loves having one and loves hating on other people. Well, opinions. you know, like, they are they're having a similar revolution about dropping scores in the Chinese food rating industry. They're going oh, through the same sort of thing we are right now. He's not going to be happy. He's not. Yeah, gonna he's, be happy. he's yeah. <laughs> Three out of five. Panda Garden has been great for years to me. How dare they do this? Everyone this says this score literally changed the taste of the food. Yes. I can't think about it the same way anymore. I just can't do it. Please don't get rid of scores for food places because that actually does help me a lot. Oh my god! Wait, uh, imagine if Yelp dropped review scores. No, I would. I would cry. Game. I'd be like, I don't want to read about it. That's I don't. Great. I just want to see the stars. You can't trust Yelp. That's, what the hell's the wrong with you? What are you talking about? Yelp has never steered me wrong. Dodger, you're saying uh, you scroll right to the bottom of the Yelp review and only look at the number? It's at the top. Yeah, the the, the That's stars what you've been doing are at the wrong top. for years. To be fair, oh. you're also on Yelp. You're looking at like 20 scores at a time, and it's actually kind of helpful. It's because mm -hmm. like, oh, is there some degree of consensus here? Well, the food's probably not going to suck, but if yeah, you're looking at stuff like, well, I have see? a niche taste in games. That's fucking useless. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, we've got five minutes before the end of the show, so let's uh, let's go with a little bit of a wrap-up, shall we? We will talk a little bit about the games that are coming up over the next couple of, well, over the next week or so. There aren't a huge number, but yeah. Dodger, begin with November the 11th, <laughs> please, which is today. I shall begin. God, today. God, shall I put the Masterpiece Theatre theme back on? <laughs> yes, <yet>? yes, please. <laughs> First up, we have Smash Team for PC. Okay, oh I have no idea what that is. Neither. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the oh, it is up. an action platformer shooter inspired by Mega Man X and Super Smash Brothers. Oh, Sma Smash Team. Makes sense. <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed Unity. Eh. Don't, Halo buy Masters it, Collection. don't buy it. It's a pile of shit. Uh, Tales of Hearts are for Vita and PlayStation Network Vita. That's like a weird JRPG game. You kind of missed uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection, which might be pertinent to some people's interests. I said it. Did you? Yeah, I, I care I so little about it, it that I literally broke it out. I, awesome I know this Fantastic. isn't my fault. This is uh, your fault. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, Tales of Hearts are a weird JRPG. If you're into that, Sonic Boom is a really shitty Sonic game. Don't but buy it. That. Uh, wait. There's Sonic Boom Shatter Crystal and there's Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric. I mm -hmm. don't know which is better. I imagine the 3DS version. Yeah, less, one is on but... 3DS and one is on Wii U. So. Mm. Rise of Which lyric. one is worse? Is Let's find out. I hope uh, they just mean lyrics, like actual song lyrics. They're finding yeah. music. Robotnik took the music. It's <laughs> gone forever. Indeed. It's like that Buffy episode. He could dance if he wants to. He could leave he his could. friends behind. Because his friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. No, no, they're not. That's just why a are fact. They Question. Why mm, yeah. is... Why are both Sonic and Knuckles? Why does their arms all bandaged? I don't. Their know. arms and it's, feet it's are bandaged. Or some I don't sort. care. I Knuckles don't is ripped. You remember at yep. the beginning of Uncharted Two when Nathan Drake is like all injured and screwed up after like the accident? And you're trying to figure out why for the rest of the game. It's like that. They're just they're setting it up. They've been oh my horribly, God. They're gonna, horribly they're scarred. They're going to take off their bandages and they're going to have tattoos that match. And when they put their tattoos against each other, they fuse into one being. That's actually, like, what's amazing is that that's not the dumbest thing about the Sonic. Like, <laughs> I've seen that happen in storylines. Yep, I'll <laughs> go with that. Okay with it. Uh, anyway, the Sonic booms. Assassin's Creed Rogue also came out today. We have no idea what it's like. Might, not a clue, because yeah. no review copies. Yay! Uh, Digimon All-Star Rumble. That's yeah. the Digimon game that's basically like Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. And you get to uh, Digivolve Digimon into champions. All these developers putting out games that are a lot like Super Smash Brothers sure picked kind of a bad month to do that. Like, yeah, that seems like yeah. a fairly poor idea, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Vita version of Minecraft. Yay. If you need another place to play Minecraft. Yeah. Senran Kagura. Bon Appetit for a PlayStation Network Vita. What the fuck is that? I am looking this up right now and boobs immediately. <laughs> Hello, Japan. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. The very first image is of a girl naked with chocolate and whipped cream on her body. And I think she's molesting a banana. Well, if, this if appears you to be an anime cooking series with women with large breasts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pacing. If you note, it says PSN Vita, which means that it's downloadable, so you don't have to go into a physical store and face someone while you purchase. Dodger is for the best. Dodger, is this the image you just saw? Because this is 
This is why I need to get this game. Senran Kagura Bon Appetit is totally tasteless, but that goes without saying. The game's biggest oh, problem God, is its culinary no, combat both simply found really good ones. <laughs> isn't wow. interesting. Unless you like naked ninjas panting at you while perching upon a plate of whipped cream, whatever turns you on, three out of ten. Oh, There's God. one girl in, in a short skirt with a uh, what the appears fuck? to be sushi roll sushi as boobs. boobs? Yeah. What? <laughs> and then the other one is just two girls bouncing butts against each other. Oh, I love. Why don't I own a Vita? This dude, is, I don't know. Dude, you get should. a Vita. I just, I literally just, I imported one finally. I got this Japanese blue and white. Ooh, it's uh, so pretty. It is real pretty. Yeah. If you like so Japanese was... games, the Vita is fantastic. If yeah, you like if anything like anime else, bullshit. it isn't. I love that my looks. Vita, yo. Yeah, no, there are parts of there are parts of anime I really like. If you know what I mean. Move on. Swiftly. Next up, Valkyria Chronicles for PC. Apparently, the port's amazing. Can't endorse it though, because Sega are a bunch of shits. Well, uh, Retro City Rampage DX for PlayStation Four and PlayStation Three. It needed the true power of the PlayStation Four to play Retro City Rampage. Clearly, it's true. November thirteenth. A World of Keflings for Wii U. I assume that's a sequel to A Kingdom of Keflings. Yeah, I hope so. Because otherwise, people are getting not very creative. Yeah, I was going to say that. That seems like a strange coincidence. The name <laughs> of the company that makes it is Ninja Bee, by the way. Ah, uh, Ninja Bees? Ninja Bees. It also has DLC. The Curse of the Zombie-saurus. Ah, what was Zombie-saurus? It's a fucking dinosaur. Zombies. Ah, God. Ah, noises. Better. All right. Uh, okay, next up is Pokemon trading card game for 3DS, which actually is pretty fun. Yes? Yeah, is that the, is that an eShop version of the Game Boy Color game? Or is it, like, a new No, I think thing? it's the new, I think it's the, like, improved version. The, like, the actual iPad version thing. that's on the iPad yeah, yeah. as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's a shame. I, I would kill for them to remaster the original Pokemon trading card game on Game Boy Color, because it was amazing. Yeah. Was, actually, I'm on Nintendo's website. It says, releasing November 13th, 2014 is a port of Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy Color, $5.99. So it is oh, the Game Boy go. Color game, not uh, not remastered, though. Well, well, I'd probably still play it again. It's amazing. Dude, yeah. I mean, that game, so this is a total tangent, but that game had a defect in the cartridge where the batteries didn't last very long. So almost everyone who, like every copy of that game you can find physically, your save game is gone. If you ever played oh, that God. game, I have horrible news for you. All your cards oh, are dead. Jesus. Everything's over. Um, but <laughs> that's, Everything's that's over. Why, yeah. But, but this version okay, exists. Because they so. ported it now. So now it will work again, we think. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Shuts out. Shuts out. Um, that's a terrible shirt. I got it. I'll tell you the story behind this shirt. I got it in a dark alley in Japan. I was in okay. Akihabara with my brother. And uh, we walk into this alley. There's this shirt with this horrible, <laughs> horrible Pikachu on it. And then underneath <laughs> it, it says, Getting... And then some Japanese. What does that um, say? Because had, that's got to say something filthy. It must. I asked. We asked the dude. Um, and he blow told Jays. us getting that it kind of... Yeah, blowjays. Getting blowjays is what it means. No, it means okay, like... Cool. I think what it's trying to say is like, are you sure? Like, you still want to catch me? Like, are you sure you want to catch this Pikachu? Ah, okay. Like, are you sure you want to be getting this this horrible, horrible Pikachu that I'm wearing on me <laughs> for the rest of my life? morphed and mutated warped Pikachu. Look at that, Look at that face. I, uh, I don't. So I think the nose is what sells it. If he had a little button <laughs> nose, that'd be cute. If he had a little yeah, tiny like, button nose, he'd be a cutie pie. It's so not the red eyes like or like the weird. lips. Oh my gosh, he's so asymmetrical, uh, and that's never a good look for a Pokemon. His weird like puffy nipple chins or uh, yeah. cheeks, whatever that oh, is. There's a lot going Those on. Nipple, nipple cheeks, cheeks are horrifying. Yeah, crazy nipple cheeks, man. <laughs> 
I mean, they've made Pikachu too sexy over the past few years anyway. True. That's a conversation for another time. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I demand more diversity in my Pikachus, frankly. Same. This is a good step in the right direction. Last up on the 13th is Tengami for Wii U. Yes. And then, and then, and then on the 14th, we have Lords of Zulima for yep. PC. RPG currently at early access, actually getting very good user reviews. Interesting. Uh, people seem to like it quite a bit. So there we go. That's it. Cool. Until next Tuesday, you butts. You yes. butts. When the world ends and 20 billion games release. So. Will be interesting. Certainly. So enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. this last week of freedom. Well, I've been trying to drag the show out for as long as I can so I don't have to go back to Assassin's Creed Unity, but I guess it's going to have <laughs> to happen. Uh, so why don't we find out what everyone's doing this week? Well, let's start with Nick, a.k.a. Babylonian, which is, of course, his YouTube channel. You should go and visit him there. I believe you can also find him on Twitter under the same name. What yep. do you got coming up this week? What are you um, got planned content-wise? So, the embargo for streaming Dragon Age Inquisition lifts tomorrow morning. So, I'm going to be streaming some Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, I'm thinking about doing a video on Danganronpa, which I'm playing for the first time, which, like, the ten people in the audience who are way in the same Japanese bullshit. Dodger knows I that. She knows yeah. exactly what that is. Somebody knows what that is. And then, uh, actually, somebody else uh, pitched their thing, because I have one last thing I want to grab that I'll be showing off on my channel a little bit that I'm really excited about. It's more anime bullshit, so look forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just I like was it, excited for a moment. I was sorry. excited. Um, I've only, I mean, I've only started this channel about six days ago, and the reception has been far, far warmer and far better than I ever, ever could have hoped. Um, I went from like 300 to 10,000 subs in 24 hours, which like I pretty much wept at. Um, and I'm still figuring out what I'm doing. I want to do video game stuff, anime stuff. Uh, board game stuff, just all sorts of dumb stuff. Board I'm games are sticking awesome. it one day at a time. Just got my copy of King of New York. Looking forward to playing it. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, awesome. Who's up next? <laughs> great question. Dodger, what do you... I can go. You usually do the same shit anyway, so you, yours will be quick. I do the same shit almost every week. So, uh, yeah, I have two YouTube channels. I have YouTube.com slash Pressart to continue, where I play games and do a weird rant show called Welcome to the Fandom and all sorts of other stuff like that. And actually, I've decided just now that I'm going to shut down my channel and become an anime YouTuber. Okay, cool. The other channel Excellent. is YouTube.com slash Dexterity Bonus, uh, where I do a daily vlog and I drink coffee and talk about my cats and my life and boring stuff so if that sounds cool to you that sounds you a bit totally redundant come to over me. and hang out <laughs> if, uh, if any of that sounds cool to you i would love for you to come hang out subscribe watch a video see if you like it whatever feels right and i also do twitch streaming on twitch.tv slash dexterity bonus and on all the social medias i'm at dex bonus d-e-x-b-o-n-u-s the end that's me i'm done yes jesse uh, yeah, so wrapping up Mordor, it's almost done, so that's going to be this week, and then next Tuesday is probably when I'll be like, guys, I just spent all weekend playing Far Cry 4 and Dragon Age, and so prepare for 12 jillion videos, uh, so that'll be, that'll be next week, but right now, Mordor's wrapping up, um, gonna be streaming WAD for release tomorrow night at midnight, or maybe 9pm whenever West Coast gets it. That's and, uh, a drain off for those that don't know the lingo. Yes, wad. and so that'll be wad. And so if you're down to see what the next incarnation of Warcraft is, that's what will be happening then. And uh, it'll be a blast. And uh, Krendor and I will just be, like, going nuts. Um, other than that, the usual Fan Friday and green light on the weekends and indie games and stuff on the weekends. And then normal 
playing stuff insanely during the week. Ding. You guys, you guys are way better at plugs than I am. I wish you had gone. Yeah, I, I learned so no, much get, just now. You'll get better. You'll get better. Yeah. Just takes time and practice. <laughs> so what's going on with my channel this week? Uh, right. Well, I'm working on Assassin's Creed. Um, I've been trying to give them the benefit of the doubt till they can release this day one patch. But I have it so sounds much, like it. I have so much footage of terrible things that I will probably throw together into a video and say, look at how dumb this is. Uh, eventually, if I can stomach playing more of that sodding game, I will try and do a video on it. I think you know what my conclusions are going to be, however. Outside of that, I'm much more excited to actually play Dragon Age Inquisition once I turn my SLI off, which will fix the floating mustache problem and disappearing face. So no, that's an issue. Uh, no, no. I believe my copy of Far Cry 4 is supposed to be here either Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know when the embargo for that is. I'm sure I'll find out when it arrives. I know the release date is the 18th which is the Tuesday, so the hope is the embargo is before that. So Far Cry 4, obviously, is also on the horizon. That's very important. So those are kind of the big three. Outside of that, I finished a video today on review embargoes. <laughs> so we're going to be putting that yeah. out tomorrow. Because uh, there's nothing more, nothing better than rambling for 20 minutes about review embargoes and then getting paid ad revenue for it. So that was my plan, and I'm sticking to it. Outside of that, we might do a little bit more Hearthstone. I keep promising this, and it's probably never going to bloody happen, but we'll see. I also have a copy of Space Hulk Ascension, which keeps bugging out repeatedly in the menus. When I've got to play it, it actually seems pretty good. They took the Space Hulk idea, and they made an actual video game out of it instead of just translating the board game in an ineffectual manner. So I'll be playing a bit of that. Disappointed that there are no Dark Angels you can play. Play, but you can play a space wolf so i guess it's okay and there will be videos that's how it will be there shall be videos they may not come from high but they will be videos nonetheless and i hope that you will watch them you can follow me on twitter at total biscuit i would strongly suggest that you do not you can follow jesse cox at jesse cox you can follow dodger at dexterity bonus and you can follow nick robinson at babylonian and that is the show Ladies Yay, I want, I want to know it. what's in the bag. He brought up this bag, and I want to know what's in the bag. What's in the bag? Are you ready? Are you ready? It's a Luigi Nendoroid. Look at him. Oh man. Oh my God. His little feet are so cute. I have a. That's something I should have warned you guys about at the top of the show. Is that uh, Luigi is like the only thing I care about in life. I have, okay. a, <laughs> I have like a like a I literally. It's like a fucked up. I have like a love love relationship with Luigi, and then a love hate relationship with Waluigi. We, ma we so. made a mistake asking what was in the bag. Uh, yeah, apparently feel like so. we made. Oh my god! But like look at him! Don't you just want to oh. kiss him? No, no, I don't. I want to burn no. him. He looks fire. like a child. He looks like a child with a mustache. It's weird. Yeah. It's oh, there's hot. one other thing I forgot I mean, to promote, by the way. Again, I forgot to mention the uh, Double Trouble Tour on Twitch TV will be on November the fifteenth. Two v two Dota two tournament featuring. Uh, personalities quote unquote and pro players i'll be teaming up with dendy pyrian flax will be tending up uh, teaming up with no tail cyborg matt will team up with puppy and ld will team up with sing sing and i have a heavy handicap advantage and it's going to be brilliant and i intend to fully exploit it to the best of my tryharding ability so you can watch that over on my channel we'll all kind of be hosting each other's channels during the tournament so you can watch it then Big thanks to everyone for watching the show. As always, we very much do appreciate it. The VODs are now available right now for subscribers. So if you did miss anything on the Twitch TV channel, if you are a subscriber, you can watch it immediately. And of course, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, well, you've already watched it on YouTube, so there's no point in me speaking anymore. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast. Good night. Bye-bye.